Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, the internet's premier comic book and comic book movie podcast. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you going? Ah, not too bad, buddy. Good yeah. to be. Good to be back on Friday nights. We've yeah, yeah, back on Fridays. Time. Yeah, we the were doing. Schedule. What were we doing before? Was it Thursdays or Thursdays, Saturdays? Yeah. Yeah. Did we do a Saturday at some point? I feel like we did. I think we did one. Okay, cool. Well, we're back on Friday. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Last week was Saturday. Yeah. And it's my first Friday in the in the new home office um, mm-hmm. because I did. I think I did one of the shows. Um, I mean, listen, there's probably it's quite cozy in here actually. Like it's messy. It's it's only a temporary office until we do some renovations and then we're going to set up the proper new office. But like for for a standover, like it's it's nice. I'm enjoying it. Uh, now, episode 312, Rich, um, I can't even think of a cricketer that scored 312, so we're, we're going into the realms, <laughs> we, we're, we're pushing up to the, you know, the point where very few cricketers scored that many in a single innings, man, you know? Yeah. yeah. Who do you reckon it's the highest South African cricketer score was? Probably someone like Barry Richards, he probably scored a couple of big tons, didn't he? Maybe a Graham uh, Smith? Amla, no, it's Amla. Amla got a triple yeah, I'm century. Sure it's Amla. I was going to say it's it's a bit more recent than that. I re- I watched that century. It was some of the most beautiful batting I've ever seen. I I watched the, pretty much the whole innings. It was against England. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. oh, uh, superb innings. Um, some 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 cricketers are just a joy to watch. And when he was in full flow, he was one of the most attractive players to watch. Uh, what was his first name? Was it ha- ha- Hamish Amla or Hashish Amla or something? Yeah. Yeah, good player, man. Good player. Very good player for for South Africa. Um, I think he's still playing county cricket. I think he's still playing first-class cricket. Um, I know he sort of retired because he's kind of form tapered off in the last couple of years, but he's still going, which is amazing to me, like that they keep going after their international career's over when they've been playing for like 20 years. Like, Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Mm. the test match is probably a bit too draining, but, I mean, they tend to go like um, one Mm. day and then because of 2020... Yeah. And yeah. route until they go, okay, I'm done. Do you reckon he was probably, in modern South African cricket, the best batsman? Amla? He'd be up there. Um, Callis as well, I guess. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, Jacques Callis was pretty good. Definitely up there. But, uh, but uh, the problem with the batting is it's... The, the, I mean, you, you need different things from different people. Like, mm. you know, is he like one of the best openers... Mm, probably. Sure. You know, he's yeah. up there with like uh, Kirsten and all that sort of stuff, right? Mm. Jacques Callis, great. Bat- but again, he's more of a middle order. He's the guy to, that would come in and steady a ship if sure. there was a bit of a sort of a early collapse, collapse on. Or- collapse on. He was, uh, he. I mean, he could hit, but he could stonewall. He was, he was, yeah. he was actually a tough player to dislodge. Jacques yeah, but that's Callis. what I'm saying. He's a bit more versatile. So, like, you know, um, I, yes, is Emla like one of the? Yeah, but I mean, for being an opener, yes, mm. I would say he's fantastic, one of the best openers. But uh, I mean, if you're going to talk about overall batsman, it's a bit harder because mm. you know you need different things from. That's why you have a different. Yeah, that's why you have an order. You mm. know what I mean? That's why. Well, he generally have, came. Like, he opened or came in at first drop, didn't he? Basically at three. Yeah. Well, I mean, look yeah. at um, uh, you know, but then you also Ab de Villiers. I yeah, mean, yeah. phenomenal batsman. Great batsman. You know what I mean? 
not 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 necessarily as um a batsman uh, a um steady mm. but jesus could come in and, and hit the fastest hundred like ever you yeah. know what i mean like he was destructive just just come in and absolutely dominate could throw the other team into complete disarray so South africa didn't get the best out of him too they mishandled <laughs> him at the end there yeah, no, but he also had back problems and stuff and all that, which yeah. didn't help as well. So yeah. um, it's one of those things. And you know what? Before him, another batsman that used to come in and cause a bit of problems uh, and just like hit tons of runs was Klusner. Yeah. You know, yeah. Klusner was the, the, that guy. Also he was a bowler as well, which yeah. was shocking. Yeah. But he could come in and just start smashing the ball around the park and, and kind of throw a spanner in the works when you think maybe, ah, oh, yeah. We got them, and all of a sudden this guy comes in. Well, we who can ever forget that uh, that semi final in the World Cup? I mean, Jack Clouseau yeah, was on. That's, uh, that's Arnold's fault, not his fault. So no, 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 no. He was on fire in that World he Cup. He almost saved it, actually. Like he literally, no, no, he, did. He, he, the, he in that he did, World Cup yeah. single handedly carried us. Um, no, he did. He was amazing through yeah. that whole World Cup. He was amazing in that World Cup, and I, I think if South Africa had got in the final, I, I, I think. They were every chance of knocking over Pakistan. I really do. I, I think they were, South Africa were a very they, they were as good as Australia. It, we were pretty much on par in that period, and, and we were. It was a great Australian team, and you guys, you you went you went toe to toe. You know, in every match. Oh yeah, it was down to the, it was down to the wire as well. We only lost that because of an Alan Donald. Fight. Well, there was a bit of a brain fight. Um, yeah. In both matches. In both of those matches against the Aussies, there was some there was some shocking feeling from Herschel Gibbs. Um, mm. There was yeah, there was a bit going on. I tell you what, I know he's not one of the best ever, but a very good opener was Kepler Vessels. You know, he was a good opener, man. Like yeah, the thing is, he was a better opener for you though because sure he was. kind of um, he kind of rejoined the South African team very late, late in his career. Yeah, but he was still good. I mean, he was a good player. You know, tough mm. play, tough player as well. Like. He played for the Aussies when we were shit, you know, for, for like, he, he, he had the misfortune of being kind of like a very good player in a very weak Australian team. And so there was a lot of pressure. And um, I remember, this is, I'm a kid, and he came into the Australian team and he scored 100 on debut. But he was unfortunate because, unfortunately, back in those days, in the 80s, there was still a fair bit of... I'm not even sure if racism is the right word, but ignorance. And I remember in the schoolyard, people would kind of bag out Kepler Vessel saying it was just a South African import. I didn't even really know what that meant. Do you know? Like, like, I, like I, I was that young and naive. I'm like six, seven, and people are going, South African import, that meant nothing to me. I, I barely knew what where South Africa was, and I didn't understand what import was. <laughs> but... As a cricket fan, I appreciated the guy. He was a man of few words. Like, he didn't give interviews or anything. And I remember that I was watching a... And I just appreciated him for his batting. And I remember there was an interview with him on an early morning show. And, and he was talking. And it was ve- he was very personable on this interview. Like, the interviewer obviously may have been a friend or something. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with this guy. You know? Pe- like, people are backing out on him for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's like the same thing of like seeing someone as a scab or yeah. a picket line crosser or something like that. So you know, yeah. but no, he was a good, he was a good player, taking someone else's spot and all that sort of. Sure, job. there like, may have been a bit of jealousy because he was a good player, um, you know, and I, I guess some some people felt he was keeping. I don't know, an Australian out of the squad. But I, I remember the Australian team of that period 
uh, it was it was just before we became good again, and there was like we had a lot of retirements of really great players, like the Chapels, Dennis Lilly, Rob Marsh. They all retired at once, and suddenly you were left with a team of just real juniors. And Kepler wasn't a junior, and Alan Border wasn't either. But the rest of them were, you know, you had guys who really weren't international quality playing. If you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. I would describe them as at best good. Shield players, and suddenly they're having to face up to a West Indian pace attack, um, and they just had no answers, you know. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, no, I remember it, man, back in those days. And it was so funny, people go, He's just surfing an import, and I was just like, Well, he scores runs, you know, what can I say? <laughs> like, <laughs> any, and I've always felt in cricket, opening in batting, toughest job, easily the toughest job is, is the opener, you know. Face the new ball, face the fastest bowlers before they're tied. Um, you don't know the, the lay of the pitch. Um, I've always felt it's the toughest gig in, in batting in cricket. I think bowling overall is harder, you know, on the body and everything. But in terms of batting, would you agree, Rich? Opening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I find that I've, depends on the day. Sure. Like, I mean... If the pitch is going your way, it can probably feel like a breeze, um, you know. But Jesus Christ, you know who has the most stress is uh, tail enders. Like, sure, well, they should. It's not going well, and you're not there for your batting, and now you're expected to stay there. You do feel That's sorry for them. Way more terrifying, I think, than being a competent opening. Batsman. I always felt sorry for the guys, like um, you know, the grey bowlers. Like your Alan Donalds, your Courtney Walshers, but when they come out, they're facing their opposite number, <laughs> bowling at fucking pace. <laughs> you know, some of them just can't. You know, they, they'd be really. Some of them just genuinely can't bat. It'll be like me going out to fight, and it's like shit. You know, um, and often the bowlers have got their tails up because they're into the tail. And yeah, no, I agree. It's um. Takes a fair bit of courage to play cricket, I think. I I, I think that um, at that level, I think you know, there's a certain. I, was I think any sport at that level. Sure, like um, you've got to be damn good and yeah. super confident in yourself. I was just to wrap up this cricket thing. You know, I like my Robin Smith uh, stuff, and I, I got onto a video uh, that was Robin Smith against Merv Hughes, and it was it, someone had compiled, someone, some genius out there had compiled all the all the um, tape. Robin Smith versus Merv Hughes because they had some really big battles. And Jesus Christ, that guy could play. You should have seen some of the cut shots he was playing and the pull shots to real genuine pace. And he was fearless, man, when it came to fast bowling, you know? Um, mm. he, yeah, I, I really liked Robin Smith. I, I always felt he was a very good cricketer and I, I in, a, in a weak team too. Like, he carried that English team for a number of years. And again, he was always at the mercy of the selectors, even though he was easily their best batsman. That constant pressure when you're an import, I think, you've, or you, you're not allowed to have a bad series, you know? Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like when they import them, they're expected to be just run machines, whereas some of the other players can have their lulls. But uh, Robin Smith, excellent player. And watching him versus Merv Hughes at Merv Hughes peak, and I mean, he was carting him around the ground, like big cut shots, drives, pull shots, really getting to the line of the ball, like very courageous batting, man. I love it. I could talk about it forever. You could. <laughs> I'm still still trying to get him on the show, man. The 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 the, the tentacles are out. I mean, you, if I get Robin Smith on the show, pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a blanket, and sit down. You know, 
because we're going to go right through. I'll take him <laughs> from the days. Um, from, he came from South Africa, man, and like apparently his parents were quite wealthy. He had a bowling machine and stuff, and uh, Barry Richards and um, one of the Pollocks, I don't know which Pollock, they, they came over um, and were training on the bowling machine in the 80s, like during the Rebel Tests and stuff. And um, and he was he was playing with them at that age, and he was you know he wasn't he was a early teens kind of thing. So he 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 learnt from the best man, you know. Mm. Oh yeah, it's great stuff. Wow. Sometimes it feels like, even though I love my cricket, sometimes it feels like it was better in the nineties. You know, I don't know why I, I think that, but maybe um, it's rose coloured glasses. Well, but, you know. no, not necessarily. Uh, maybe, but I mean, and look at comics now. I think maybe sometimes sure. everything has a peak. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's like know. this really sweet spot where just like everything culminates, everything comes together, like and it's like a golden era, and then yeah, not to say that it's like uh, completely shit, but it just you know you you either plateau or you start to decline. Just and a I bit less exciting you, as well. I you plateau for a little while, and then I think there's just been a bit of a decline in things well, in general. Well, re- remember when we used to play either South Africa or the Windies? I mean, you're at each other's throats. You know what I mean? Like, it was intense. You felt like, it, you know, it was really on. Like, the guys, like, were really charged up and stuff. Whereas sometimes now everyone's a bit friendly and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I don't know. And also the Windies are a shadow of what they were. You know, they were such a dominant team for, you know, 30 years. And I actually think the cricket's worse because not that they're buddy-buddy. I think they're not buddy-buddy. Like, sure. I, I think that there's barely any bonding or, or you know, like, a more camaraderie really? with any of the the um the opposing teams you reckon oh, i i think a lot of the players are friends now because they play ipl mm. and stuff man you know no but what i mean is that like everyone's just so busy that i don't feel like sure um, it's not like special anymore like you know everyone knows so, yeah you got the 2020 you got the international but like you can't be friends with everyone so sure i feel like it's just it's less like um i know what you mean there's less specials less like there's this bond of like, you know, hey, we haven't seen each other in a long time. Uh, you know, remember that time I bowled you? It's like, oh, yeah, that was like yesterday. Like, no, you know what I mean? Because they're playing yeah. so much cricket. Yeah, true. They're playing all over the world. They're playing the 2020. They're playing. Yeah. There's just so much more cricket now that I just don't feel like it's. Um, yes. It just feels colder now. It feels. I, I do still enjoy the Ashes. The Ashes is good fun. You know, good rivalry with England. And, um, you know, that's always a bit of fun you know, for me. But I, I'd like to get back to the days when the South Africa-Australia uh, matches were intense, you know? Mm. Uh, and probably, I mean, you you guys are still a good team, but not quite as dominant as you were, you know? And these things go in cycles, you know? I mean, it was only it was only a few years ago that, <laughs> lest we forget, the <laughs> we were in South Africa getting in some hot water. That was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... But that's what I'm saying. That, but that was, you know what? That and I'm not going to bring it up again. But that was a spiteful series in general. And I, and I don't, you know, that's not what I mean. I, I mean more the competition on the field. You remember in the '90s when uh, you had your uh, Pat Simcoxes and uh, uh, what was his name, Fanny De Villiers, and and those guys. Like they did not take a step backwards. You know, they were. Mm. They were in the Aussies' faces just as much. It was kind of entertaining stuff. I enjoyed it, man. It was good. Well, I mean, a bit of a digression there, folks. Not the first time that I've had a cricket digression. Um, it all becomes because I was watching my um, my Robin Smith um, my Robin Smith uh, videos today, and I was just like, "Yep, that's batting." 
Um, that's the kind of batsman in my head I would have loved to have been. You know, that that, that kind of style. He had that ultra... I'd, I'd describe it as he had a swagger and, and a, he, the way he cut everything and hooked everything. He, he was a real shot maker. I wasn't that batsman. <laughs> I had I could block quite well. I actually had sound defense. But in my imagination, that's always what I want to be, like a real stroke maker kind of thing, you know. But um, unfortunately, Rich, I just never had the... Maybe not the training. No one got me in front of a bowling machine with Barry Richards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they ever will. <laughs> no, but maybe that was the secret. You've got to get Barry Richards, and you've got to come from a wealthy family. You've got to get the ball machine going from like six a.m. I think his dad had him out there at five or six a.m. in the morning. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm. Great stuff. You know, get the, get the paceman coming in. If you got like, imagine if you're like a ten and eleven year old, and they hire like the you know equivalent of like um, a really good first class paceman. You know, pay him a few bucks, come in, you know, bowl, bowl short at my son, you know. <laughs> you know, rough him up a bit. I want to toughen him up. I think that was the kind of stuff his dad did, man, yeah. Yeah, but possibly. I love it. I'm, uh, to be fair, not all of this is confirmed facts. They may actually be kind of like uh, fantasizing a little here. <laughs> 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 now, Rich, I was in JB Hi-Fi this week and um, – Came across some Star Wars figures, which I thought looked pretty cool. And also, oh man, I swear to God, like, I, I, I pulled myself back from a purchase. I, I, I saw War Machine. And you know I love War Machine. And I was like, fuck, War Machine, yeah, a figure. I better to grab it. Then I looked at the figure, and I, like, properly looked at it. And it was really poorly. It was like a retro kind of War Machine. And I, when you looked at it properly, it was actually quite shoddy. And I thought, no, I don't need this. But but uh, do you know what I'm talking about in JB Hi-Fi, these figures? I think they're a throwback figure to, like, the 80s. Oh, no, not 80s, bro. Um, 90s, baby? 70s? Early 2000s, actually. Wow, I, well, I went 70s. <laughs> really? Because they looked really primitive to me. I mean, they weren't yeah, well, expensive. Yeah, but listen, like... Like figure collecting and all that sort of stuff mm. is very much more of a two thousand thing. Like okay. you didn't actually have that much in the nineties. Like okay. it all was right. very bit little. I mean, that's probably maybe the start of it. But a lot of the stuff um, is definitely two thousands because I've seen the figures for like um, uh, X Men Age of Apocalypse. Yes, they were, was, but they were better. The, the the figures for Age of Apocalypse no, but I'm were saying, better. But, but all of that is from. But yeah, but listen, there's different manufacturers, different companies that make the toys. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not one company that makes all of them or anything well, like that. Well, so. but, but what would you – like, the thing was, like, if you bought um, if you bought the uh, that line of figures with War Machine, and if you bought a ton of them, I guess maybe um, it would be – it would look okay because you would have the whole lot of them. I don't know. What, what do you reckon? I mean, I guess I know that they, uh, in those days, they also used to include a part of a bigger one just to encourage you to buy ones that you didn't need. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I kind of, I've gone a bit past collecting figures in the sense of like ones that are um, posable and all that sort of stuff just because I prefer statues now. Like I yeah. prefer like yeah. fixed sort of posed statues when they're more sturdy, they can get more detail in them. Yes, um, I'm. I'm kind of done with the uh, collecting the posable sort of. Sure. Um, yeah. 
figures. So I, I, I don't like them regardless anymore. So I don't buy them anymore. All right. Well, I, I felt good about myself because, you know, I have a weak spot for... Uh, and, and I came home and I had uh, a Ghost Rider figure that was the same thing that's coming out later this year. And I looked at it and I realised it was really small. I, I missed... Mm. I, and I, and I cancelled it. And um, I'm like... Oh, you always got to check the size before you buy it. Yeah. Especially if you buy it online and you can't see it. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't realise. And, and, you know, I'm... Because I'm the same. I'm trying to, like... Not trying to. I, I have moved to buying the better stuff. And I, I don't mind some of the figures if it's stuff I really love. But this War Machine, when I looked at it, was actually quite shoddy. You know, really. Honestly, it was very primitive. And I thought, no. You know, well, you almost got me. You almost got me, Marvel. With the War Machine logo, um, because you know I'm a sucker, but um, same as Ghost Rider, you know Wolverine, uh, like all these things. But anyway, I didn't do that. But something I have been doing is building this classified collection of GI Joe. Um, my uh, Outback Tiger Force just shipped. Um, I'm gonna have when I set up my office. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna devote like a whole sort of shelf to my G.I. Joes, Rich, because I, I'm enjoying these classified figures so much, man. Like, mm. they're, they're just right in my sweet spot, you know? I'm, I'm loving it. It's like, yeah, man, and as, as you should. Like, as I said, I've my energies these days are definitely into um, um, nostalgia. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like um, older stuff, is that what you mean? You know, I just bought, like, recently I just bought a Skeletor T-shirt. Yes, um, Yes. Um, and uh, I want to get a He-Man. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I guess I just want to, like, you know, I'm big into Dragon Ball again, you know, because I haven't watched that, like, you know, since I was younger. Sure. And, and all that sort of stuff. So, I think, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm putting a lot more time and my energy into um, older passions. Well, why not? If you enjoy it, man, you enjoy it. Like, G.I. Joe, there's just so much to enjoy. Like, and, and I'm just mm. like, I'm, you know, I'm just like a pig in shit at the moment, man. You know, I'm just wallowing in it. I'm just loving it that much. And shout out to Aaron the Head Moss um, at Real American Headcast on the Headcast Network. A genius. He's been on the show. Um, I've been on his show. I'm going to go back on um, as well. Real nice guy. Had, was Aaron on the show with you? Or was that the one that that I think I had a... I think I had some sort of a scheduling snafu. And I, were you on the show with Aaron or not? I don't think so. Yeah, I think we were scheduled. We'll have to have Aaron again. You'll you'll love Aaron. Such a nice guy. Real chilled unit man as well. Super chilled. And um, I'm going to go on his uh, Joe Joe show again. I listened to it. He's very relaxed, man. Um, and he just puts out the... I said to him, man, you're signal star with your comments. You know, he just he, he's just unfiltered. He'll just throw a comment out there, and it's just like, yeah, deal with it. You know, that's well. I must say, I I've, since I've um, I, I must be honest, it is liberating not caring anymore. Like, sure. um, <laughs> I don't find myself really getting like uh, angry anymore. No. You know what I mean? Like, Forever. it's it's become I've become so numb to it, and and now that I'm just finding other, you know reacquainting myself with older properties and sure. and hobbies I used to have. I just, I just, you know what I mean? It's, I just find it easy to be more chill now. Like, well, that's good. Um, I think part of that's getting older as well. You, you, you realize that time wasted. I mean, but don't mind you, I, I love getting ranting and stuff, but at a certain point, like negative energy, toxic energy, man, it leads one way. The bottle pills, death, you know, 
Okay, that's extreme, but okay. <laughs> I like for you, like that's the only way. That's, that's the only way it goes. That's the only way it goes, man. It's where it leads. <laughs> well, Chris Cornell hanging himself with a shoelace. Strange decision, I always felt. You know. Do you <laughs> hey, think... I want to ask you something since you're a, you're a Ghost Rider fan. Yes. They've never done a Ghost Rider Kills the Mob. Marvel Universe, right? No, no they have, not to my knowledge. Yeah, they probably should. They should, I agree. Uh, they've done Punisher, they've definitely done Wolverine, they've probably, no, they did Deadpool, I guess. I think they did Deadpool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah a couple of times. Um, yeah, no, they should do a Ghost Rider one. Yeah, why not? Be good. Be, and it'd be fun, yeah, too. Just imagine if, it, like, something happens to him and he just sees sin in everything. Like, well, yeah, you I, know mean, what I mean, even the most minor shit is going to get the, the pen and stare or something like that, like... And they're kind of, from my memory, they're kind of what if stories as well. So you you could. Do oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, of course they the they they're not they're not canon. No, yeah. Why not? I bring it on. In fact, there's a new Ghost Rider uh, mini series out by Howard Mackey, which is going back to the '90s when it was Danny Ketch. Um, much like the uh, God, what was it? The Venom Lethal Protector series by. Michelini, there's the James DiMatteis stuff he's doing. You know how they're doing that stuff where it's like back in the 90s, but written now? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Howard Mackey's got one out now of Ghost Rider. In the first issue came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We might do it on the show. Um, yeah, I'm like, why not? And, you know, fairness, he's not my favourite Ghost Rider writer. But, you know, uh, I tell you what, speaking of JM, his Ghost Rider that wrapped up Johnny Blaze was fantastic, you know? The, 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 there's not an omnibus of that. It's just amazing to me. That's up there with why isn't there an omnibus of fucking Punisher War Journal by Chuck Dixon, you know? Like, it's like, you know, why? Like, how does Marvel... Some of the shit they put out in omnibus, you just think, who wants this, you know? <laughs> like, seriously. Now, yeah, I have... I was going to throw something at the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. Um, I made more more comments about Spider Man, uh, the way he's grieving Ms. Marvel. Like I just for some reason <laughs> I, I saw more pictures of it and like he's on his knees holding it. Like everyone else it, you know what doesn't help? Everyone else is just sort of standing around like they're just sort of like <laughs> really? Yeah, they're standing around kinda of looking awkward, like uh, who was she again? Oh yeah, like, just like uh, I, I feel like I should know her. Uh did she work in accounts? Uh <laughs> You see the finance girl? <laughs> yeah, there's just a... There, 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 and it was hilarious too because he was down there on the floor on his knees holding her, like doing the full sobbing. Uh, and then up the, towards the back was Mary Jane with some guy talking to Mary Jane. And someone said, that's the guy Mary Jane's fucking. And like yeah. little Peter's down there on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Captain Marvel doesn't even have a comic at the moment, does she? I can't say I'm missing it. <laughs> no, no, but because if, if, if you think about it, it would make more sense mm. for Captain Marvel to be holding her and... Well, that was and, her big hero, wasn't it? I always thought. And having it in her book. The problem is none of these characters have books. You could do a one-off, though. Like, you know. You could, but they're probably worried no one would buy it, so I'd rather put it in a Spider-Man book. Bump the, bump the Spider-Man sales, at least. Well, <laughs> I was talking to... um. Ray and Phil and I said Spider-Man's probably their best-selling book and they said no he definitely is well I said well I guess that's why um but I don't know what if you put it in a I'm just trying to think if you put it in a book that was like the second best seller 
wouldn't that punch those sales up heaps higher? Like, if 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 a majority are already buying Spider Man, if you put it in a lesser book, I don't know. I guess then it's like, do people care? No. So here's the thing. I want. I think they've done that because they want to be able to say that like this pulled in big numbers. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it's they were like, you look, even if it only gets a little bit of a bump, we can claim, wow, this issue sold, you know, yeah, four hundred thousand. Oh, because they've got a know. base, they've got a base, the Spider-Man base exactly. already. And yeah. even if it gets a bit of bump, it gives them a high number to sort That's of true. to to needle and and spin to say, you know, oh, what an event! So many people, you know, tuned in for this God, character. Like, what a fucking shit event! Like, it's barely an event. Like this, Miss Marvel. To my mind, a very minor character dies. I mean, like, I don't hate or anything, but I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'd be more upset if Tigra died, you know? Um, <laughs> Marlene. So, you know, there's plenty of other characters where if you said um, they died, I'd feel more, you know, I don't know. Ms. Marvel, she's okay, but it, to me, she's so fresh off the block. You know, it's like, oh, she's dead. Oh. And, you know, and it's going to be inevitably she's going to be coming back fucking sooner rather than later i bet but i just want to point out something like it took them like what 60 years before they killed superman sure like it took them 60 years to be out of ideas (laughs) you know she's not superman like she's been around for how long maybe 10 years but maybe you know what i mean Uh, it's kind of sad that you're like you really got to do a death of a character 10 years into the life of them yeah well, I mean, what you know, but let's face it, she's not a great character. Like, she's she's okay, but I mean, if it, you look, if she wasn't like, I'm going to say something now. If she wasn't Muslim, I don't reckon this character would have even still be around. They got yeah, so but, much but, play out of that, you know. But this, but said, Dave, this is the problem: is um, everyone wants a character to be the main character. Sure. And they refuse to accept that, listen, her lot, unfortunately, is to be a secondary character in a fucking team book. Like, mm. I'm sorry. Mm. That's that's all she's really going to be good at. Oh, she could for. probably carry a title, like Spider-Girl carried a title for a long time and Ghost Spider, if they can carry titles. But well, it's again, just, they, it's they've the... tried, and her mm. titles continuously got cancelled and rebooted to number one, so clearly she can't yeah. carry a title. True, I guess, yeah. Even and if we, you can't carry the title, if you've tried it and they can't, then that's when you need to say, okay, this is a secondary character. It's a team character. Mm. You know, she's she, she's got her fans, but yeah. she needs to be in a team book. She cannot carry by herself. Uh, yeah, interesting. And, and, I mean, if if she's not going to carry a title now, when will she? I mean, she had a TV show. She's going to be in a movie. And they pushed the fucking hell out of it the first five years with that G. Willow Wilson. Oh, shit. You oh, know what? God. Sorry. The, I, I was thinking, remember we had that conversation last week, like uh, if you didn't read com, you know, yes. the shows in the movie. I actually think, no, they wouldn't get, I, and this is why I think comics are struggling. Marvel is is saturating the movies and, and the, the TV with so much content, you don't yeah. need the comics. In fact, the comics would just muddy the water. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There are so many movies. I mean, they've got like, what, two, at least two movies a year. At one point, they were having three movies a year. Mm. You know, you've got all the the TV shows that are also like time. You literally don't need the comics. You can literally just keep watching all the shows and that's probably enough. Well, I think a lot of kids are doing that. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, today, I don't think that's why comics are struggling is because 
you know, and as I said, and I think manga succeeds because manga, the, the anime is so cool. People want to get ahead of the story. Yeah. You know, they're like, my God, it's such a cool arc or such a cool character. I need to buy the book because I just want to know now what happens. Yeah. Whereas I said, the TV shows and the comics don't tie in. So you, you just be more confused. That's true. Wait, it's just why the, it's, like this in the yeah, comic or what, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know. No, well, that's true because, like, that's a good point because in the manga, I mean, I'm no expert. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it vaguely follows the same story, doesn't it? Like, it's, oh, not vaguely. It's it's almost like point for point. Okay, it's, cool. Whereas in the comic, it's just like Ms. Marvel in her TV show. It's the same IP, but it's complete. It could be quite. Oh, it could, could be a completely different story. They could yeah. change the origin, change the supporting cast, and yeah. not have certain characters. Like it's yeah, it's it's a it's not the same thing. So yeah, you might enjoy a show, but then you go check out the comic, you go, oh no, it's not the same. Like, yeah. well, I feel sorry for some of these people who probably think, fuck, I love you know, um, Hawkman, Hawk, not Hawkman, what's his name, Hawkeye, or Miss yeah. Marvel, or whoever, and then they go down to the comic store and it's like, Jesus Christ, like where? You know, what am I supposed well, to be reading, you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you think about it, comics is the only one that doesn't actually iterate, right? So novels, if you watch the movie, you read the book, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, they might cut some things, but it's the same story, mm. like with the same beats, same characters, all that sort of stuff. If you, like with uh, anime and manga, as I said, it's, it's exactly the same story. Like there's very little deviation. Again, might be like 5% changes or difference or something like that. But it's the same. But comics is not. Comics it can literally be like not even tangentially connected to any. I will say, in defence of comics, I like that though. Like I don't want Spider Man, for example. Think of all the great fucking Spider Man stories that have been that ha- they haven't touched in movies. They may have touched some of them in the animated, but you know, like it's a fountain of ideas kind of thing. Like I know, but my point is that like okay, listen, you want to get people into the comics. Mm. Why would you not adapt the co- the the comic stories right. so that when oh they yeah, go and, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I saw when I they go and buy the comics, they can go. Oh, this is what yeah. It was well, they based should on. do that. They should do that, but they don't you know? do that. No, I and wish then they'd do they that. knew that they were kind of adapting comic ca- um, books, like comic arcs or stories or whatever. Mm. Then maybe people would be more inclined to be like, oh, let's see. Oh yeah, I, oh I read that one. Shit, this is the one. But they so loosely, yeah, and then sometimes even not tied at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That there's yeah, there's nothing to like carry across. So well, anyway, I mean, there's just something I was thinking of when we had the conversation last week. That were just playing more in my head. I agree. I will say this, and I and I'm speaking directly to Marvel because they're the ones who've spammed us so heavily over the last you know 15 years. I honestly believe a lot of times they do a worse job. A lot of times in the movies, story wise, definitely visually and stuff, cool. But I think sometimes they dumb down the stories like a long way, and and make them more basic, and I and you know I maybe it's because that they can only fit so much in. But I often feel like oh man, they scratch the surface of that story compared to the comic, you know. Mm. And and I and, and I refer to the X Men movies, which I enjoyed, but I always felt that that. They 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 could have done more. I always I, I I often feel with the Marvel movies and also the Fox X Men movies they could have gone further. Like there's nothing stopping them. There's no reason they couldn't have gone further. You know. And and, I agree. and, and what's even worse is when they do even any type of TV show, which would which would benefit from being because it's a weekly show. Sure. 
where you could do like you know the issues yes. and break it up. Like look at uh, Schumann and Lois, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you watch that show; it makes so many changes to the source material. And in this one, they give him two kids. You go read the comic; he's only got one kid. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like so different. Yeah. Why like do they one, do John, that? Why do they John do Henry that? Irons is from an alternate Earth, and and you know what I mean? It's like. You make so many changes to the source material that it's just it's not rela- it's not even it's a bastardized like but, third uh, cousin iteration yeah, of it. I agree. Like that's a good point because I personally think in Superman because Superman is so iconic, you know, like it's almost like the I'm not saying everything's based off Superman, but but he's he's right there in the DNA of superhero comics. So and they, you know, uh, say what you want, the the kid is stuck around. Why? Why would you do two kids when he's got one kid in the comic? That's I a good point. Like, yeah, like they don't swap the wife, you know. Um, like, I, I do think with something so basic as Superman, so fundamental, I would actually mirror the at least mirror that so that that unit is the same. Because I because I do think that that helps a a, a, a young or new reader. Um, that's just my own marketing observation more than anything. It's not nothing to do with, like, I don't care about it, like, really, but I just think that that would make more sense. It, cause, because it's not like he's married to um, Lana or, or someone, or Cat Grant or whoever the hell else is in the suit. You know, another female, it's Lois. And it's mm-hmm. Lois in the comic. So why would you go, oh, you know what? Like, let's make it two kids. Well, he's got one kid in the comics, which you've spent forever... Like the last, excuse me, few years, like they've really, you know, sold that character a lot, and you know, successfully to a certain extent. Um, so why muddy it? Well, you know? well, that's why I said that's why I think comics is just so different. Like when someone someone always wants an adapter book, right? Mm. And with the manga, they want to adapt the manga. But when it comes to comic characters, they literally just want the IP. Yes. Like, and they just want to. They all just want to do their own thing. They just want the name recognition, but they want to do their own thing. Yeah. And and it's only comics. Like <laughs> it's uh, it's literally only comics where that's the case. It's going to be interesting um, when we get to some of the Marvel movies, like um, the Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars and stuff, and the X Men, for example. What they do? Because my God, uh, the X Men comics they've bungled. Now I saw a thing. It was on CBR or something where it said all the X original X Men are now supervillains, and my instant thought was that is incredibly stupid, you know, like that, and that's so dumb, you know, like that because that is just so divisive and silly, um, and there's just no reason for that at all. I mean, we covered Beast is now apparently a genocidal maniac, and we all thought it may have been Dark Beast. Oh, no, it's just regular Beast. It's like, okay, he's having a <laughs> fucking bad year, isn't he? Um, and and you, you know what's hilarious when I, when, I, when I hear that? My mind flashes back to an issue I read somewhere in the 80s of it's like Beast is in – because you know how Beast was briefly an Avenger? At some point, yep, yep. Okay, so there's he was buddy buddy with Wonder Man. Yeah. So anyway, so there's 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 a storyline, and it's probably in the early '80s where something happens, like Apocalypse is sighted, or something major happens, and Beast is sitting at Avengers Mansion and sees it, and he goes, "Oh well, I enjoyed being an Avenger, but it's time to go be an X Men now." And he literally bounces out of the room, <laughs> kind of almost singing a song. 
And I'm like, you're not singing a song, but, you know, he's that kind of jolly beast. And I'm like, that's beast, actually. Like, that's so much of a better beast. Like, how is that character? How have they said to themselves, you know what? We should screw that. Let's make you a genocidal maniac. Well, uh, we've had this conversation before, and I think this is a problem with modern writers, is that I think modern writers, they think because it's comic books, you can do whatever you want, but they don't realize that when you cross a line, it's really hard to go back. You know what I mean? Like, um, for a long time, people were were even like, you know, uh, even with Green Lantern, with Hal Jordan. Sure. They were like, how can you bring him back? He's literally committed. Yeah, well, they did they did break the toy then, didn't they? You, you know what I mean? And it's it's very hard. You can do it, but it is very hard to get Genie Baby. So if you're going to take a character like Beast or whatever and, you know, make him a genocidal, like, yeah. you know, commit genocide, I it's I don't know how you... Yeah, I, I don't know. And, I, like, other than... Um, I, I And I'm not reading it now. And I was reading it, so don't give me the whole, oh, you don't read it, so you don't know. No, I read it for a while. But I actually feel that... They have so bastardized the X Men over this last period, and that maybe it will actually need some sort of a universe reset for the X Men universe because they're so far off center that it maybe that makes more sense. You, but isn't it funny that that's what the whole House of M was? Yeah, but maybe like, that's exactly the, what they the, need. The mutants have become so bloated that. But now they've allowed it to become like bloated again, and but not even just bloated; they've up. just lost all direction completely. But that's what I mean. It's just it's become so bloated. They've they've taken in so many different directions. It's so like heavy and unwieldy and mm. and and crap that yeah, they're now already going to have to do another fucking House of M thing where they just like wipe out. Maybe well, that's they might have to. I mean, that may be uh, that may be the best solution. Like, it's not a great solution, but it might be sort of the only solution because uh, I don't know. I. <sighs> I, I got to be honest. Um, although I found Hickman quite interesting in in that first House of X, Powers of X, like I did actually find it quite interesting. There's a part of me that just thinks, like the part where they all died, and it was like all the original team did actually die, and then were kind of reborn in the chrysalis or whatever it was called. I don't know. I was there's a part of me that was just like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah. I, I remember we were reading that at the start, and I was immediately at the start, I was like, I'm not a fan of this. Yeah, I, like, I, yeah, look, like, I get it. And, yeah, it's interesting. Like, don't get me wrong. As a writer, I appreciate it and everything. Like, I do it, I do kind of admire it, but there's a part of me that just thought, yeah, okay. So, and all the characters just dying and coming back instantly. Uh, like, I could see that it was sort of built on sort of shifting sands. You know, and I could. It was more. It, it, I wasn't like, oh, this is outrageous. I'll never read this. It was more like, I could see this going very badly. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and he left, and other people have built on it, and you know, they've probably had a great time. They all seem to be in love with themselves, but I, I think they lost me with genocidal beast. You know, um, I think that's where I'm like, yeah, this is bullshit. Because I think of that beast who is bouncing out of the room from Avengers Mansion to go help the X-Men because they saw Apocalypse or something. And he was like, you know, and I think that was Beast for a long time. Like, Beast stayed pretty jolly for a very long time, you know? Mm. And I don't know what they're doing now. You know, it's it's great. Like, I'll even take 
Bendis's thing where Beast brought the original X-Men back to the present um, over this. Uh, you know, and I, I thought the start of that Bendis stuff was actually quite interesting. Uh, yeah, he went off the rails like Bendis always does. You know, after about two two or three trades, that was all the story he had in him, as usual, you know. But as an idea, because there was nothing to say that they need to stick around for a long time. Of course Marvel kept them around for too long. Of course they did, because that's what Marvel does, you know. Um, but as an idea and a concept, I thought it was cool. And Beast was... um. There was a really cool scene where the Watcher was over Beast and the Watcher was like, you have done something really bad, like by interfering with the timeline so consciously. And I thought it was a really cool scene. And that showed a, a, a conflicted Beast. And But I could understand what he was doing there. He wasn't genocidal, but he was being irresponsible. And I, I, I liked that. I thought that was actually a pretty neat scene. But this, where it's like, oh, yeah, he's committing genocide and, like, whatever, and he's evil as all get out and, like, blah, blah. He's the god of the mutants, Rich, you know, like, really, like, you know, fuck. <laughs> like, then he's not a very good god. He's the god of the mutants. And I'm just like, yeah, that's terrible. Um, you know, surely, wasn't Apocalypse like the first mutant? I always thought. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, supposed, it's either Apocalypse or Namor. It's one of those. Oh no! Apocalypse was before Namor. In, in in appearances, Namor, but Apocalypse was around in like ancient Egypt, dude. No, I know, but I think that's. I think they claim that Namor, Namor is supposed to be as old as that as well. No, really? Yeah, have a look. I don't think Again, so. It's, look, it's hard to keep track of retcons, Dave. Like, sure, I, I wasn't aware Namor had personally been alive since ancient Egypt. Jesus. Well, I was just shocked when they came in and said that Namor was a, a mutant. <laughs> well, that was the classic. That was clever, though, because that was like that gave them an excuse to include Namor and stuff, you know, on a Utopia and everything. I actually thought that was a smart decision. Oh, okay, so okay, so uh, okay, so it may be that he's the first mutant superhero whom Marvel Comics ever published. Yes, but there's a caveat to that. He wasn't a mutant then, so he 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 was the first. Yes, in publication. But he he also wasn't a mutant back then. Well, not until Fantastic Four Annual One, right? Okay. About a, a decades after his first appearance. So okay. yeah, yeah, because I think he debuted in the war, like nineteen forty three or something. I think yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's, he was there with I think you know uh, the original Human Torch and um, wow, uh, Captain America and all that. The sort Invaders, of stuff. am I right? Yeah. There yep. you go, Dave. Just pulling a little bit of comic knowledge there. Wow, we. And who created him, Rich? Was that Jack Kirby and those guys, or someone else? Oh uh, no, I don't believe I don't believe Jack Kirby created Namor. I think okay. someone else. Did. Someone else, all right. Some mysterious guy. It's got to be someone <laughs> pretty. It's got to be someone of note, surely. Like um, Gil Kane, Rich. What about a Gil Kane? Let's have a look. Who created Namor? Imagine if they were like God. Gil Everett. I have heard that name. And I believe he was a massive alcoholic. Um, he, he, I believe he may have created Daredevil as well. He certainly, I'm pretty confident he wrote some Daredevil. Yeah, he cre he co-created Daredevil with Stan Lee. Yeah, I was going to say, Stan Lee he, is definitely part of that. He was a uh, chronic alcoholic, a really bad alcoholic, and but also a brilliant artist. And I believe they, yeah, really tried... You know, I actually think he's one of those guys that they really valued his contribution. I'm basing it on what I've heard others say, 
but he was a high, highly functioning alcoholic, but he really was, like, bad, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, he died 55 and 73. And, um, yeah, but Daredevil, I mean, that's pretty big, Daredevil and, and Namor. Wow. I wonder if his estate picks up anything for Namor, you know? And Daredevil, actually, yeah. It's, if, if he has an estate, I guess, I don't know. Who knows? I'm yeah. not familiar with him, so I couldn't answer that. All I know is he was an alcoholic and he died back in 73, so he's a long time gone. Long time gone. Long time gone, man. Remember that time that I really got carried away and started fantasizing and glamorizing that guy who died? Um, oh, he got handed the, what was it, the heroin file or something and like snorted it on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you tend to do, you I was getting pretty excited myself. I think the guy's name was Bear, and I was like, Bear just went out, just nonstop partying. <laughs> like, do you think Bear had a night where he didn't party? Do you think Bear ever took a look in the mirror and thought, what am I doing with my life? From Woodstock to 1980? Or was it just a decade-long party for Bear? Um, probably a decade-long party, I suppose. I don't yeah. Know. Wow. Had it all caught you up. You might not it. even know that he's dead. Yeah, so he's, he's in Valhalla now, just still rocking. Uh, he could be on the astral plane. Yeah. Like, you know, still there going, whoa, dude. Whoa, dude. Wow, that, 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 that heroin had some hit. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to come down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he never wants to come down, man. Maybe he's flying so Maybe. high. Now, I have a discussion point, Richard. You know I enjoy my discussion points that I bring to the show. I only do it every now and then. Um, I, have a, I have a point. So I was on... Amazon or something, and I came across, I don't know if you're familiar with the author, Piers Anthony. He was a fairly well-regarded science fiction writer, slightly schlocky, but interesting. Now, he wrote a series, he wrote a lot of books, but he wrote a series called Bio of a Space Tyrant. Um, I believe it's a six-part series. Anyway, in the late 80s, early 90s, they were very much pushed in the main bookstores I used to visit. They had really cool cover art, which I sent to you, of the guy, the sort of bald guy with, you know, militaristic, and it covers his career. He becomes like a kind of an emperor, space emperor, space tyrant, and it goes from the beginning of his career to, you know, the end. Anyway, um, I found them very interesting. I didn't read them all, but I read the first couple and really found them very interesting, and seeing it today sparked my memories of them, and I, and I, I bought them all. Um, but anyway, here's my point. The, 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 the art, the book cover art back then is so much better than the book cover art for the same books now. And I swear to God, as a kid, and like, you know, and as a reader too, I was like, I was like 13 to 16 when I read these books. Uh, as a discerning reader, those covers were a real sell. Compare them to the bland Photoshop covers of the reprints now. Would you agree with me that there's been a massive decline in how engaging a book cover often is? Yeah, but you just said the reason why. There, uh, Photoshop. Right. Photoshop is cheaper and quicker. Uh-huh. So once all these publishing houses realize that they just have to pay someone a fiver, even a fucking grad student, yeah, to just pick some random, uh, you know, do some Google searches and crap and just like put it all together on Photoshop. Sure. Much easier than paying an actual artist to paint a fucking um, yeah. work of art. But do you not feel... I, I mean, I hear you, of course, but I honestly think 
that if you put those two books covers together, the, the one with the more attractive cover would sell more copies. I swear to God, I think it's a lot more attractive. Yeah, but again, it doesn't really matter because if every company's doing that, then you're yeah. just competing in the same um, arena and yeah. then people are just kind of buying what sounds good. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just interesting to me. I, I just... um. Yeah, I, I, I just couldn't believe. I, I've seen it on other books, like, for example, my Julian May books that I love, the Saga of the Exiles and stuff, they had great covers. Like, it really did. The covers actually, getting geeky for a second, the covers to the Saga of the Exiles and the uh, Milieu Trilogy told an actual story through the covers mm-hmm. that, 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 you know, was, yes, it was kind of symbolic, but there was actually designs in each of the four books that actually it was like a movie over the four, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean um, they, they, yeah. Think about this. Like even – like for, forget about like great covers for like sci-fi and all that. Mm. Even before Photoshop, those those crappy, cheap um, romance novels sure. that were written for like housewives and, you know, yeah. middle-aged women – even they had uh, painted covers. They did, yeah. They, they always like, like did. Yeah. They, they had covers that required an artist to fucking make something. Yeah. And look at them now. Look at any, like, YA, like, um, even those romance books and all that. It's just someone took a photo of someone and yeah, that's some it. Photoshop background. It's so generic. But, of course, a, a company's go, look how much cheaper it is to produce these covers and we can do it in five minutes and, mm. and stuff and all that, you know. And... Also, let's be honest. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more um, digital books. Yeah. So you're not going to spend money on 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 an actual artist to provide a cover sure. for a digital book. Sure. Yeah. You know, and look, you know, maybe if the book is successful and you do a a, a, a re um, uh, not a re what is it like a or, or you 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 relaunch it or you. You, you give it a physical stuff, then maybe you might spend a bit of money on the cover, but it's just cheaper to to do the Photoshop because you never know what's going to be successful, so why waste money? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, look, it was just... Um... And it's sad. It's, sad. It's, not, it's not just books. It's, it's movie posters. Um, you know, it's, it's even a- advertising. Jesus Christ. I mean, advertising making usually be like hand-painted stuff like Alex Ross does, man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's all gone downhill. Um, right. Even comic covers. I'm sorry. I know I know they're still hand drawn, but Jesus Christ, are, are so many of them like just really bland and boring. Yeah. Um, you know. Although, oh, they again, are, they, they often are. They they often skill. are. I mean, I agree. Like sometimes they're not, but often it's just like yeah, it's very basic. You know. Um, the yeah, colors, yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I, it's it's my point is yeah, it's not all there, but it has degraded. Mm. You know, and just like again with novels, it's not all of them. There are some novels that sure. do get a really nice cover, but it's a vast majority of them that do not. Well, I was very disappointed, but but regardless, at the end of the day, they say don't judge a book by its cover, and I agree in terms of like buy of a space torrent. The interior of the books are cool, but I just remember, I remember as a kid, I'm twelve, thirteen. I remember how much those covers grabbed me in my little teenage head. And I was like, man, this looks like the best ever stuff. And it was good stuff. And and I so I bought them all again today because I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, because I'm just living the life. Now, I have a review, Richard. 
Uh, by the way, I haven't asked you what have you been reading or watching, Rich. Sorry, I forgot to ask or so. Uh, not reading anything at the moment. Um, me and the missus are still um, watching uh, a lot of Dragon Ball. Wow. You're stuck in that Dragon Ball loop, aren't you? Well, there's so much, bro. Like, you know, the first series is 153 episodes, and in Dragon Ball Z, there's going to be another 250 episodes. (laughs) So there's a lot to watch. It's like, how many episodes of MASH were there? Because, yeah, there's plenty. I mean, but that's good, though. Like, let's let's find out. How many episodes of MASH? I reckon MASH probably had 200-plus episodes. It went for 12 seasons. How many MASH episodes were made? I'm going to say yeah, 256. And then went for 12 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, in, I'm re-watching MASH and I'm, I mean, I'm at the tail end of season two, you know? Um, mm. But you know me, I, I, I tend to just watch a few and then stop and then come back and watch a few more and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I take my time. But, yeah, that's, I'm glad you're enjoying it, man. I mean, it's... That, you know, you've got to... I'm glad that your girlfriend's watching with you as well. It's good. You've got a couple shows, man. There you go. Oh, yeah. Thing. I mean, these days we watch a fair bit together. Oh, you know what we're watching? Uh, we're, I think, up to episode six, just finished of Last of Us. Really enjoyable, actually. Um, I, I was a bit dubious early on if I was going to enjoy it, but no, I, it's really grabbed me, actually. I, I think it's a very good show. Mm. Have you watched I'm, it? I, I'm I'm gonna be nasty, but I the the chick they got to play Ellie, I'm like, oof, that's uh Yeah, she's that's, yeah. A, that's an interesting choice, like <laughs> <laughs> No, I do agree with what you're saying there, Rich. I mean but regardless, she is quite good. She's an odd looking girl, but she is a decent like you know, like again, I don't think this is the most demanding role of all time. Really. It, you know, I, I, I honestly sometimes feel actors are overpraised. I honestly feel sometimes the acting is not that great. Like, or it's not that demanding, you know? Uh, she's okay. He's good. I like Pedro Pascal. I know you don't like him, but I do. He's very good in it. Um, and there's a lot of uh, <coughs> um, sort of side characters that come in and out because I think they flesh out the video game story. Um, I don't remember the video game having this many characters, like, honestly. Um Unless there was more stuff. I don't think I finished the first game, but I got a fair way into it. I do not remember hardly anybody, you know, other than those two. Um, there seems to be... I, I reckon that they're fleshed out, you know, like a scene and made it a full episode and given backstories that I honestly believe were not in the video game, you know, because I do not remember some of the stuff at all. Like, you, like have you played it? Can you confirm that? Uh, I did play a bit of the first one. Mm. Um, look, it's, it's, I think it, I don't know. I haven't watched the show, so I can't. It's good, man. Like, I'm telling you, it's good. I, I honestly, I said to Michelle, it's like the early seasons of Walking Dead, but better. You know, like it's, it's, it's really quite, I was watching an episode last night and I was amazed by how much content they did in like an hour. I said, this is like a movie, you know? I guess but the problem is, is that I don't give a shit, man. Like I didn't enjoy <laughs> the game that much. I really have no interest in the show. I'm not a I'm not a Pascal fan. I'm sorry. Like guy doesn't do anything for me. I I just I have no I have zero interest Dude. in wanting to watch it. Well, that's okay. You don't have to watch it. But I don't know what you got against Pedro Pascal, man. Because the internet's in love with this guy. I've hopped on board the bandwagon too. Like this guy, 
I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to make a comment right now. He may be the greatest actor alive. You know? Can I just say something? <laughs> I don't think he would be this popular if he if it what? wasn't for Grogu. <laughs> Well, so many chicks helped. love Grogu and they love that he's Grogu's daddy in the TV show. Yeah, that, I that think helps. Popular. That helps. But I liked him before it was cool. I liked him when he first turned up on Game of Thrones. I, I, was, I thought he was fantastic in that Game of Thrones, you know? Mm. Um, so I'm one of those guys who was ahead of the curve, man, you know? You often, often I'm accused of jumping on a bandwagon, and believe you me, I love a bandwagon. But um, <laughs> but I jumped on board from his early appearances in Game of Thrones, and I remember saying, "This guy is it." And I'm I'm making a comment now. I think he's the greatest actor alive. You know, yeah, it still was I mean, right now. I remember the first thing I saw him in was The Mentalist, and I thought he was crap then, and I think he's crap now. So, <laughs> so you're saying you don't think he's the greatest actor alive? <laughs> Not even close. Now I will qualify that statement because people say, "Well, what about Pacino? What about De Niro?" Yes, better actors, but not now, like today. Like Al Pacino now, you know, like he's not the actor he was back in like 1975. Well, that's the problem. So many people today, like sort of De Niro, Pacino, even Christopher Walken, they've become caricatures of themselves. They become actual like living parodies of their own. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Did you see Pacino had a kid? He's 83 and he's having a kid with his 29-year-old girlfriend and what was hilarious was, like, good on him. And there were, there were these people online going, it's so cruel that the kid will never know the father. I was like, yeah, they'll know his massive wealth, you know. <laughs> and they can just watch watch his movies. Yeah, but, like, oh, poor child being born into, like, the, like he has a mother, you know, and, and Al Pacino is still alive. But, like, he'd be worth probably, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's like, I, I think the kid's not going to want for too much. Um, but also, like, these people going, oh, older men shouldn't have kids. It's like, f- fuck off. Let them live their lives. Like, it's a, they're consenting adults. Like, well, I shit, mean, if he's know? planning on living to, like, 100, the kid will know him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How awesome would it be to have Al Pacino as your dad? Like, I'd be getting him to do all the lines. Like, hoo-ah, all the time and stuff like that, you know, like. Yeah. Although, to be fair, I do feel like he kind of comes across like he's got a bit of dementia already. Really? You reckon? I just come across as like a really weird guy that seems a bit out of it. <laughs> well, yeah, he is a little bit odd. He's always been a bit odd. He, he was odd as a young man, dude. In his 20s, Al Pacino, go watch him in a movie. He is odd. Yeah, but he wasn't weird and zonked out like he is now. Well, he's a bit sozzled, man. You know, he enjoys, probably enjoys his wines and his ports and, you know, probably smokes a fair bit of the wacky weed, I would suggest. Um, he's a pretty chilled out unit, Al Pacino. You know, uh, I love him. I think he's great. But so um, be that chilled when, when you're filthy rich. Well, that's it, man. Like seriously. But even even a comfortable wealth. Like I hope by the time I'm sixty, you're uncomfortable. Like earning enough cash, you don't have to do too much. I'll be fucking kicking back in my spa, and mm. the money be flowing in. Like you know, <laughs> and it'd be like, well, why not? You know what I mean? Like, so what? Like, it's capitalism, kids. You know. <laughs> bought and paid for me bought and paid for dude like what do you care like oh you shouldn't do that you're too old hey fuck you go live your own life peasant you know <laughs> <laughs> like and release the hounds as well you know for Darren to talk to me seriously <laughs> <You know? laughs> now I have a review white men can't jump 
Um, you recall the movie from the 90s with Wesley and Woody Harrelson. They've remade it. Uh, I watched it on Hulu with Michelle. That's what I was thinking when I watched that movie all those uh, decades ago. was, man, this really needs a TV show. It's a not a TV show. It's a movie. They've remade it into a movie. Oh, so they just read the, remade the movie. Oh, well, it's massively different. Oh, sorry. The... I was on Disney+. Plus. I just assumed they made it into a TV show. I haven't watched no, it's a movie. Um, look, it was quite watchable, man. I like the reviews are really bad. And yeah, I, but you know, but you know what's the sad thing, Dave? What the original is very watchable. Yeah, I agree. So I don't understand why they do me remakes when it's like, like as I said, I I can understand it, right? If a movie's from like the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, and you're going to make it now, I mean that's that's a completely different time, man. You know what I mean? Sure. That's like. No one alive could even fathom what it was like to live in a time like that. But something from the 90s? You sure. fucking kidding me. Like, just watch it. <laughs> yeah, true. And I'd much rather, I'm sorry, no matter how good it is, it ain't going to be as good as Wesley Snipes and fucking Woody Harrelson. No, it's not. Yeah, it is not. So like, yeah. why bother? No, it's like, a, look, for, firstly, they're massively, I mean, I don't remember the story. Like, in all fairness, I saw the original very stoned, like, many years ago. And I enjoyed it, but I was baked, man. So I can't even really remember the story. But it's like a um, not quite as funny, not quite as good. Same basic concept, though. Um, but it's okay. Like the original is probably like a seven. This is probably a six. You know, really. In all honesty, I think the original was a seven, maybe a seven point five. Baked was an eight. Completely sober. Sorry, more like 7.2. But this is like a 6 to a 6.2, you know? Like, it's not terrible. It's a, it's quite what we said. It, it's quite watchable. It was, we put it on a Friday night, last Friday night, chilled out, watched it. You know, if I was still getting stoned, I would have, you know, smoked a big fat one and probably enjoyed it a bit more, you know? Um, but it's not <laughs> the enough. 90s, man. You know, but I'm saying if you were baked, you know, watching, you'd be like, yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, but at the same time, you could have clipped your toenails, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't that good. Like, but it wasn't that bad. It was, and and, and the reviews. And, just, again, and you just said, look, what you just said is, is another reason why it was absolutely pointless to fucking <laughs> make it because you're like, I could have. This means nothing to me. Like, yeah, it's it, it's it, not reinvented it. It's not made the other one better. It's not you know. No. You you could watch the the original and get the same feeling. Definitely, uh, like definitely. And if you watch the original, it's probably like half a point better. You know. Um, I don't know, and it has Wesley and Woody as well, which are exactly the lead. Oh, the- and that yeah. and that Latina chick with that like Rosie really Perez. Rosie Perez is it Rosie Perez? Rosie Perez, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, like, look, if you want to do yourself a favor, kids, go watch the original and then maybe watch the remake, but watch the original first. But I do agree. Was it in any way needed? I mean, someone wanted to make some cash. Someone owns the rights to White Men Can't Jump and they managed to get it across the line. I believe the black guy is a rapper. Obviously, I have no idea who he is. Like, I wouldn't know his songs if I fell over them. I mean, I had no idea. I, the, the two guys are fine. You know, they're not the problem. It's a classic buddy, not a buddy cop, but a buddy comedy, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's not, it's not terrible, but I mean, I've given these reviews before, Rich, where I'm like, don't get your expectations too high. And you're like, you know, it's the opposite of an endorsement. <laughs> well, pretty much. <laughs> like if you just say to people like, you could cut your toes, your toenails, it's like, well then I'll just cut my toenails then. They need a bit of clip. 
Well, that's right, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, but like, what what amazed me was people were like slamming it that that badly online. I was like, oh, it's nowhere near as bad as the reviews. Put it that way. The reviews are making out like it's the worst film of all time. It's it's not. It's I, I dare say that there's like so many other movies that could be. You know, um, I, I'm just finding something. By the way, uh, this this new thing that Chuck uh, he he un- he unleashed a new pitch. Not a new pitch. He unearthed an old pitch for Punisher when he was writing Punisher, and I'm going to read it out, but he did a funny thing today, <laughs> this is on his Facebook, George R. R. Martin pickets for the writer's strike, and there's a picture of George R. R. Martin holding up a writer's strike thing, and Chuck's commented, well, at least he's getting some sun when he's not writing, <laughs> 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 which I enjoyed. I thought that was quite, quite amusing by Chuck Dixon. Uh, now, I'm trying to find uh, Chuck Dixon's Punisher pitch, and, of course, it's absolutely nowhere to be seen. Just found it. There we go. So this is a beat sheet for an extended Punisher story arc that was never went any further than um, than just the the pitch because John Daly was fired, who was the editor at Punisher, was fired by Marvel, which was a fucking crime. Um, this was Chuck shot at proposing a cross title arc or event, so across the Punisher, you know, titles like Punisher, Punisher War Journal, Punisher Warzone. Man, they were the days. Uh, they went with Suicide Run instead, which was also good. So this is I'm going to read it out exactly, and then we can take questions. Rich, if you've got any questions. So this is his thing to Don Daly. Don, here's my idea sheet for an upcoming Punisher stories. Uh, CC continues on as Punisher from Punisher 101 through maybe 107 when he is defeated and put in a coma by a new villain. Micro releases Frank, who takes down the Hammernator, uh, which is the Larry Hammer thing, Um Frank then goes after Micro, the Punisher versus Micro, and he's got that in caps. Uh, Frank thinks he's killed Micro and so does the reader for 30 days. Micro crawls off to establish his techno bunker as described by Larry. He is helped by Montana, a chopper pilot I'm going to intro in the, in the CC storyline. Actually, I introed Montana back during my run of Moon Knight. There's a great story I never got to do featuring him. Rosalie um, is on the warpath. If you remember, she's the um, mob boss that, that Frank infiltrated. Rosalie is on the warpath. She wants the Punisher dead, any Punisher. She sends a group of bad guys after him, one after the other, and finally in the group they are Vector, Hound, and Shoot. Things get too hot for Frank in New York, so he picks up Mickey, who I used to love, and Mouse and Pony Girl, and relocates to LA for one year. Here he runs into new thugs, including Tsunami, uh, Tsunami, Dude and Man, a pair of surfing killers. They call each other Dude and Man. Turns out they don't even know each other's real names. Uh, also, an arc in zone featuring Phalanx, Lin, and Payback versus some formidable villain. Blanket title for the LA run, I Love LA. Story titles, Crazy from the Heat, Pumped and Stoked, Blown Away, Chopped the Grind. They came from uh, Chuck Dixon, 22nd of June, 1994. Man, I would have loved to have seen that stuff. Can you imagine it, Rich? They cancelled all the Punisher titles. And instead we got some half-baked shit for the rest of the 90s from Punisher and eventually he wound up being an angel and um, put the gun in my mouth now, Rich, you know? Um, <laughs> man, like, what kind of insane bastard said no to that? I would have been like, fucking hell yeah, because I tell you what, and I don't just say this because Chuck Dixon, you know, is a friend and I'm a fan, but that Chuck Chuck's countdown run where he wraps up the Punisher titles, that is genuinely, genuinely emotional. You know, and I don't mean that in like, oh, like weepy. I mean like stakes, resolution. Like he actually, we're going to talk about Punisher having an ending. 
he wrapped Punisher up in an ending and countdown that you actually were like, fuck. You know, like it really actually impacted on you as a reader. Um, you know, and I thought he did a fantastic job. But but here was his, like, you know, sort of sequel to that. And, man, I love LA. Can you imagine it, Rich? I can. It, yeah. Oh, come on. Talk of, I, I do all it that work. It sounds interesting, but I, I mean, it's a pitch. I need, to, I need to see it, like. Yeah. Well, get an artist, man. You know, I'm sure Chuck could punch out some scripts for you. You know, you pay him enough money. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not allowed to draw Punisher and make money off of it. <laughs> well, I'm like, you want to see it? Well, you want Chuck to do a private comic for you of his Punisher? Like, you know. No, I'm just saying it's a pitch. It sounds yeah, fine, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not like, oh my fucking God, I'm explosion in my pants at the <laughs> thought of this fucking comic. Like, I am. I'm fucking like. Sound, I'm sorry, but it, it doesn't sound revolutionary. I'm fucking there. I, I'm like. It fuck just sounds like a fun story, but yeah. I mean, that's, just... that's all it sounds like. I don't know. I'm just there, man. I, I guess he had me at Punisher and LA and Chuck Dixon. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like. Fucking... Oh look, I don't doubt that it would probably be a very good and entertaining story. Yeah. I mean, it's written by Chuck. I mean, there's very few things that Chuck have written that I haven't enjoyed. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I totally agree. No, I, I hear your point. But that's the thing. But instead, they went their own fucking way. Marvel fired everybody. Uh, Chuck left, and obviously was working at DC. They fired Don Daly. That was a crime. And uh, they fucked up Punisher. You know, whatever Punisher they gave us was not a hit. Like, Punisher was not a hit again until Garth Ennis, like around 2000, you know, roughly. Mm. 2001, whenever that, whenever that, whenever, whenever, um, you know, Garth Ennis took it over. But that was a good six, seven years later. It was a, it felt like a lifetime, man. You know? It felt like a lifetime, man. I mean, for me, <laughs> it's like when um, they put out that book, Punisher Invades the Narb. And it was like Chuck and um, I forget the guy's name, Don Lomax and stuff. I mean, that was just brilliant, you know. Like I, in another reality, I don't know why they just don't keep milking that kind of stuff. Like they give us all this other shit with Punisher, where it's like, oh, he's a member of Hydra, he's a member of the Hand, like Captain Skull. Yeah, they, they give us all this shit, and it's like you you have not only you didn't just briefly touch the magic for for a good solid like. Close to a decade, not quite a decade, but like a good eight or nine years, you really mainline top line Punisher and produced like a lot of good stuff. Um, and yeah, more than just I one mean, but, guy, you but know. Dave, can I, but but this is the problem I have is that I feel like um, the age of of um, like I just feel like for Western comics, I feel mm. like the age of the weekly is done. Yeah, you know what I mean, and. I I would just prefer good solid collections, trades, mini, whatever. Even if you'd release it weekly, but it's already that's like six issues, and then you know I, I'd prefer to get like really good stories, like shipment stories, uh, Punisher stories, Batman, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And not have to worry about like oh we need to you know what I mean this needs to be ongoing. We've got to spread it. We've got to you know like I'd rather just have stories like mm. I you know because it's not like like comics when they were weekly. You know, they they were kind of like standalone stories. You yeah, know. so you, you um, mean like a book almost? Yeah, like well, yeah, I mean you can still release it weekly if, if it's a six issue. But once it is once the six issues is done, put it to bed till you have another good story. Right. I like see, I yeah, don't yeah. need it to pick up it's issue seven and you're like, uh, here's a fluff or here's sure. some random shit because I don't really have a good idea at the moment. Mm. You know, I, I I need some space. But isn't while I'm that their job, dude? Like, I I hear you. I agree, but like. 
when we talk about like oh they've got to come up with all these ideas i mean that's the job of a professional writer like who's on a title like that's incumbent upon them to come up with those if they're not good enough or they're too slow um they get replaced that's just the nature of the beast and, and sometimes they just get replaced they could be very good and it just doesn't sell or the higher ups don't like what they're doing and they get replaced like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you in terms of I think that the the days of the the the, the monthly comic are certainly I think closing in for sure. Well, the end of it. But again, I I I enjoyed weekly comics like when we read like the Bronze Age and and mm. and and the Golden Age. I like that that it's weekly because I don't have to really. Okay, okay, maybe some stories went over two issues or something like that, but I didn't really have to. Sure. Check in every fucking week, or sorry, every month, not weekly. Sorry, like it's every mm. month. Um, oh no, I agree. Like when I'm reading my Flash, my Carrie Bates Flash, which is it was Bronze Age, and now it's getting towards late Bronze Age. Um, most of the stories, even though he has some story threads that carry on, um, most stories resolve within one to two issues. Seriously, mm. and that's a it's like 1982. I'm up to, I think. Um, and a lot of stories are, are one and done's. He does have some story beats that he uh, sort of plays with long term, sort of and stuff. But like less than you would think, you know. It's not like part one of seven most of the time, you know. Yeah, and I just feel like a lot of times those stories were also better as well because um, you didn't have to pad it. Yeah. Like well, yeah. if a story went over a little bit longer, okay, that's when it got two issues. But they could jam pack like a lot of fun and entertainment mm. and story into one issue. I guess. And now I've yeah. sit and read like six issues and go, Jesus Christ, when's this shit coming to an end? But don't you think? I agree with you. But don't like. Here's the thing. I've I've read that um, edit. Like I have read writers say this that editors discourage one shots now because they don't know how to fit them into trades. That's what they mm. say. But I'm like. Really? Like, when they put out... Like, you say that, but you put out trades all the fucking time with with one-off stories. Well, look, I'll be <laughs> honest with you, and we'll talk about it later, but I think the trade of the week that we did this week is a perfect example of just a, a, a continuous story, but it, it's not weekly. Yeah. Right. Like, that's an, I just, or not monthly, sorry. It's, it's not like... it's not a, It has to come out every single month. Sure. It's not a monthly, like, you know, 12... 12 months a year, you've got to be putting out a book. It's just like, I've got this cool story to tell. I'm going to work on it in, you know, six issues and then work on the next one. I'm not, But I'm not going to continue and yeah, do yeah, yeah. like, you know, uh, random stories and shit while you wait for the next part of the story or, or something like that. I guess I just prefer that. Like, I just feel like it's more, it's tighter, it's more enjoyable, gives mm. you something to look forward to and there's no wasted... Um, pages because you, you're just going okay this is what i'm working on i don't have to like spread it for 12 issues because i've got to fill a year well you know? yeah even when i think of the comics i used to read when i was younger 2008 other than judge dread every other title was rotated in or out you know yeah. like but you have to admit there's not much that happens in 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 monthly comics now mm. Like, yeah. it's a lot of, like, Jesus Christ. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm not defending them, yeah. I'm not defending them, like, at all. I think that, like, yeah, the the amount of talking... In fact, we did a comic this week, and I haven't read many modern weekly comics in the last probably two months or three months, and I was reading it, and I was like, 
you know, I was like, man, this is firstly boring, but but also just so repetitive and sort of padded. And I was just like, well, yeah, like people talking, but people talking can be interesting, but everyone was sort of talking in the same voice and it just was long and I was like, man, this is just dull, basically, is, is the only word I could use to describe it. And I think that's one of the greatest crimes a comic can be, personally, I think. I, I, I think when the reader is bored and feels like it's a slog and it's just a grind, like none of that's good because uh, a less disciplined reader will just, or less motivated reader will just, turn, will just put it down, you know, and move on. And do something yeah. else because well, you know, I'll tell you. Out of morbid curiosity, I did check out the um, the new Green Lantern number one. Okay, because it was supposed to be the return of Hal Jordan, and I'm not joking. I was bored. Like, sure. As a Green Lantern fan, like I was just like, Jesus Christ, I'm utterly bored reading. Like, mm. and that's a and, shame because Hal Jordan's your guy, man, and um, yeah. Yeah, but again, it just it just shows you the quality of the writing and how tedious the writing is now and how just long-winded and boring it is with nothing much happening i i think it's amazing that they've got to that state like personally i i, I can't understand it like comics are supposed to grab you um doesn't have to be violent action um just a moving story you know and i think when you just get people literally just monologuing and but not even in an interesting way i i think it's a it's a real crime um, personally, but um, we'll get to that more in the in the weekly comics discussion because I've got a couple of interesting points. Uh, now, a Punisher TV show is rumored to be greenlit, starring John Berthenall as Punisher after Daredevil Dead Again. Um, oh, make you. Oh, I'm super fucking happy. I, I hope it happens, man. Um, I'm pumped as as anything really, and I I think we should move into our Punisher discussion. Um, Punisher No More um, was the issue of Punisher. I think it was 12 by Jason Aaron. Now, I had Michael Kellersham firstly uh, writing. Now, this is Michael Kellersham's words. He says, Michael Kellersham, exclusive report. He says, Jason, the worst writer ever, Aaron. I do want to say I have, I have liked a lot of Jason Aaron's writing in the past. Uh, removes <laughs> the Punisher from the Marvel Universe. Um, his latest waste of paper, Jason Aaron has Frank removed from the Marvel Universe and shoved off into Weird World, a fantasy landscape with magic and dinosaurs, uh, which Aaron wrote during Secret Wars. In a scene, Wolverine asks Doctor Strange if Frank is dead. He responds, he is no longer in this plane of existence. The Punisher is no more. In an epilogue, Aaron says, and I read, by the way, I read this uh, um, issue myself, uh, there's an epilogue where he says, Jason Aaron, this is a story I've wanted to tell for many years, and I'm grateful to all involved in other comics for making it happen. Since the character's first appearance in 1973, the ideas and symbols of the Punisher have come to mean many things to many different people. Some of those I agree with, some I very much don't. The end of the day, despite the complicated nature of the character, despite the changing times and disparate viewpoints, the story of Frank Castle is fundamentally one very simple thing, a tragedy. Uh, look, I don't necessarily disagree with it's a tragedy. Um, anyway, and, and and Michael Kellersham starts uh, starts really going after Jason Aaron, saying he deserves a treatment usually reserved for Brevoort. Uh, this is a cowardly way for Punisher, so Marvel to push Punisher aside since the wrong people like him but not kill him, which would create a backlash. 
Uh, my guess as to why Punisher will be in Daredevil Born Again to take the place of Nuke in the story and serve as a stereotype gun-toting conservative who will be beaten to a bloody pop by Daredevil. By the end, Punisher gets carried away. This is an official um, Kellishan prophecy. I tend to think that's possibly quite accurate, um, a prediction. Now, okay, let's dive into it. Because I did you read the issue, Rich? I have, yes. Okay, so I, I I haven't read all of the Jason Aaron run, but I've read a lot of it, and I certainly read this issue. Look, I I at the start I was kind of like it was at least interesting to me because I did like the idea of resurrecting um, Maria and stuff. Like I did find it interesting. I hated when he started getting powers and stuff. Like, I actually hate that. Like, in the story, I just hate it when he's got, like, a red powers leaking out. I'm just like, I hate this so much. But, uh, you know where I... I mean, I hate the end when he just... He's, like, on fucking Weird World and, like, walking around with kids and stuff. And Yeah, I hate that. But you know what really stuck in my craw, Rich? The fact that Maria was saying she was going to divorce him on that day. Oh, yes. Actually, you know uh, what? Do it exactly the same. Uh, and this, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say this, right? Um, you really need to stop defending Jason Aaron. Like, <laughs> um, no, no, because I don't dispute that you have enjoyed, but that's I like, it's the same as like Tom King, right? Or mm. it's the same as Snyder. Mm. When they first started, yes, we enjoyed their stuff. Mm. But since then, they've proved time and time and time again that they shit. <laughs> oh no no I I have enjoyed a lot of Jason Aaron uh, even like uh, other Punisher he's done but but I didn't enjoy his Avengers at all yeah and and yeah. his current Thor is supposed to be very bad as well like uh, it's supposed to be pretty pretty poor well I liked his Thor run up until he switched to Lady Thor a lot I really liked no, his I'm, Thor I run. think he's doing something now with okay. Thor as well all right it's well like, I'm not no yeah, I, anyway I yeah. don't know what he is anyway. People are saying it's pretty shit. So okay. I think maybe he's peaked, and mm. yes, you've enjoyed his stuff in the past, but maybe he's on the decline now. He's peaked because, mm. man, that scene when I wrote that, I was like, Jesus Christ, Aaron, how about you put some anguish in her fucking voice or her face that mm. what she's doing mm. is the hardest fucking thing that she's in because this is the love of her life. I mean, for God's sakes, at her loss, mm. at the loss of her and his kids, this man has lived a tortured existence. Yeah, right. Frank Castle, yeah. Um, yeah, and yet she comes back to life and she's like, get fucked, you fucker. Like, I'm divorcing you. I'm, I've sold your money. I'm taking half yeah, of it. Yeah. Get fucked. Get wrecked, prick, and walks out. And I'm just like, this mm. is the guy, This is the chick he's been pining for? for yeah, like, it, was it was odd. It was odd. And like, again, I yeah. have no problems with her, like, leaving him because obviously he wasn't the Stone Cold Killer. He has changed. Mm. But it should still be, it should still be a moment of anguish of, like, genuine pain for her and, sure. and when she's talking to him she should be like crying and like emotional of like how much he's changed and mm. how she just and again if she wants it and she's like i can't be a part of it i get that yeah it's how it's written that is very poor it is written so but i i, I want to dial in on something here rich so i i i, I get maria being kind of disgusted by what mm. frank has turned into in the intervening 20 years or however long it's been. But here's what here's the part where I can't believe it was actually allowed to be published. She said to him she was going to divorce him on the day of the picnic, which is just 
that's so oh shit yeah you're right yeah no and yeah and that's where i'm just like oh that's so bad that's so wrong like because so many issues of punisher they that that whole picnic dude has been that's seminal in punisher like it, yeah, and you know, hanging, wasn't she all lovey-dovey? Yes, yes, she yes, she was. That, that, that she couldn't leave the thing, but she was really lovey-dovey when... Massively. They, were, they, dude, were, they were happily married, very happily married, actually, and they had two young children. They were extremely happy. You know, he, he'd come home from the tours and stuff. They were building a young family. It, it literally is such a silly, silly thing for Marvel to kind of poison that. And that's just, I, I just find that such a weird decision. It, you could have left it with her being disgusted with him um, now, because that I get, because he has warped so far and followed such a dark and bloody path for like 20 years, and he has radically changed and blah, blah, blah. And even the deal that he's cut with... um the hand, which I hate that he cut the deal, but like even that symbolizes just how far he has fallen in a sense. Um, but f for them to retcon, to actually retcon their happy marriage, and it just and so it's all a lie. So that the whole time, like it's like I was going to divorce you and take the kids, like it's like you, you don't know what you're doing. And and I'm sorry if that's the like, I, I'll say this if that's the story that Jason Aaron has been supposedly writing, you know, waiting to write for Punisher. God, I wish he hadn't had the opportunity, you know? I mean, he's written Punisher before. He wrote he wrote a Punisher Max that was really good, actually, you know? You know and, uh, maybe it's the whole um, uh, Ruin Johnson uh, phenomenon that's happening where every writer now wants to um, uh, subvert expectations. Sure. Oh, you thought he was in a loving... You thought his wife loved him? Uh-uh. She was going to divorce him the whole time. What a twist. It's like... Yeah, it's crap. Yeah, I don't, I don't need that necessarily. It doesn't... No. And uh, anyway... It doesn't, like, enrich, it doesn't enrich or improve the character or the story. But, like, but I'll, I'll go further. So there's that. And then there's the fact is that, like, frankly, you know, I follow... Um, you know, I, I'm on, you know, a lot of Punisher people's fans' radar doing the show and stuff and deal with, like, lots of different people. They all hate it. Across the board, the Punisher fans are hating this. Like, so I tweeted CB and Tom Brevoort, and I said, you should both be embarrassed for how badly Punisher has been handled. I almost can't believe how poorly it's been done. Brevoort responded to me and said, sorry you didn't care for it, but I stand behind it 100%. Okay, fair enough. But I, and I responded back, why do you stand behind it, though? You've neutered Punisher and pissed off all the Punisher fans. How is that a success? You know, like, that's the part where I'm like, oh, I stand behind it. Like, why, though? Like, Punisher fans are hating this storyline. Like, you, you, you're, the, the fan base doesn't want this at all, and it's across the board being slammed by the Punisher community. So how is this a success? I don't understand it. Like I'm, like, well, I don't but get that's it. what I said. Like, it's so funny because he just—he—it's like you take it a step too far. Like, I don't think anyone would have a problem with her leaving. Like, no, right yeah, now. yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Shit, it's not the man she married. Yeah, he's dark. He's—he's, he's, you know what I mean. He's, he's twisted. He's broken and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So no, I don't think anyone. Would, but you had to dig that knife in. 
Yeah, really unnecessarily. Say, oh, we're yeah. gonna divorce you all the long. Yeah. You've been you've been getting all twisted and dark, and I would didn't even love you anymore. I'm surprised I they didn't put in that he was like an abuser of her or something like you know. Yeah. Like... <laughs> no, that, that's because it wasn't written by Tom King at least. <laughs> and like I believe in this storyline. This is where I stopped um, reading it. They made out that like um, uh, from the beginning. He um was like a psychotic and serial killer and stuff like that. Like early on, like oh they, yeah, 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 yeah. I I complained about that when we first. Yeah, started. and no, and that's oh, where I was like, I'm out. You know, I'm just like, yeah, no, you've gone too far. You know, there's no subtlety, and you've gone too far because Frank wasn't a serial killer. Nam changed him. You know, you you want a good, uh, sort of like before the the picnic. Go read The Punisher Invades the Nam, where I want to say the writer's name was Don Lomax and then Chuck Dixon. Um, they write a sequence of stories set in the Vietnam War where Frank Castle is doing his tours. And you start and there you see him really kind of like sort of, you know, get, get into it. Uh, also, Garth Ennis um, explores that. And he does dally with the whole thing that Frank made a deal with the devil and stuff as well, which I don't love, but the actual story is pretty good. But um, Jason Aaron, I, I just feel like he took a swing. I, and also, I hate with a passion that Frank had for one, quote-unquote, superpowers. You know, I, I actually hate that with a passion. Uh, Lise Rosenberg put him in a war machine suit, which was technology, you know, but Frank having, like, magic powers, Rich, I fucking hate, you know? And now that he's off in fan- This has always been my problem is that the, the, it's, such a, it, it's such an interesting character, but it, 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 when, you, when you're trying to incorporate him, in my opinion, when you're trying to incorporate him too heavily into the MCU, sure, that's when you start losing and it gets a little bit weird. But they went way and, too far, you know, this time. No, but, but that's not... Actually, no, I, I think Frank and... Frank Castle was, was way too far. This is this is in the same vein. To yes. be fair, not as bad. Not as I, I, bad yeah, as I actually hate Frank and Castle. Like this, this annoys me more than anything. I hated Frank and Castle. This, but, this, I mean, this, this just annoys me. Some of the best punishes been the Max stuff, where yeah. he's not he's not tied so much into the MCU. You know, like maybe it's yeah. a bit of Daredevil and oh yeah, and sort yeah, of Moonlight, yeah. but but you know what I mean. But it's none of the like powers and. Like oh, in in the last twenty years, Max is easily the best Punisher. Easily, yeah. Like uh, and Gareth Ennis, I think yeah. They focus on that and say, listen, let's just, you know, let's keep him on the fringes. Let's not fucking mm. go like super deep into this whole like the hand and superpowers and oh, it's fucking that bullshit, sort of shit man. and all that. Like it's it's because uh, I think that's where you lose Punisher readers. And the fact, oh, and you you lose the readership. That's right. And dude, there's I I reckon there's probably maybe. I'm not even sure there's one Punisher fan who wants Frank to be fucking on the weird world, <laughs> you know, playing around with fantasy characters. And, oh, and also just going by Frank. And whatever. Yeah, no one fucking gives a shit about that. Like, that's bullshit. You know, like, that's... Uh, I hope that that's just the end of a storyline and they pick it up and he's back, you know, in the city. I, I don't know. Oh, I, no. I, I think... I think they're going to, there's going to be a story about him protecting these orphans on Weird World. I honestly do. Well, that's something I couldn't give a fuck about. And I honestly, and, and I, and of course I had some smart ass on Twitter going, I oh, just, I hope, you know, like he's trying to make out like, you know, that there's some readers out there. 
the Punisher fan base pretty universally is just like, this is shit. You know, like, it's just shit. Like, uh, like writers sometimes do bad stories. I'm sorry. Like, and they don't pay stories off. This was never a great story. Like, this has always been a very shaky Punisher story. It got worse, like Frank's a serial killer from childhood. Like, oh, it's ticking off so many boxes. But what I'm, but, but Dave, this is why I'm saying that's so funny to me. Like, and, and this is why I, I say you don't need like the monthly comics, right? Just mm. do an interview. But then what you could also do is do these what if stuff. Mm. What if Punisher joined the hand? Yeah, exactly. Well, that, and I, then you I could, could do the that. story. And guess what? It could just be an interesting, fun what if story. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, and that's why I said not everything necessarily has to be canon. Like, we don't have to keep having these monthly. But but have a line and just go, you know what? Instead of breaking the character, let's just have some fun and we have an alternate fucking non-canon world where we can tell these cool stories. We yeah. used to have it in the past. There were oh, tons yeah. of what if. Well, DC's yeah, what, what, what if, and... what if Pun- Punisher was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff? What if yeah, Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires? Do yeah. Don't make it canon. <laughs> yeah, that's I, the problem. I totally, totally agree with you on that on that score. Um, I don't know. Like, Also, don't you feel like the whole Punisher thing has, like the anti-Punisher thing, has really calmed down in the last like six months. Like yeah, it always calms. Down. Yeah, like it it's that, that's the other thing. I'm like, oh my god, he's so hot to touch. Oh, we. It's like God. That's already like so much of cancel culture. They it's moved on. Like fuck, they've picked another something else that they're also offended about. Like the end of the day, it's just so sad. And, and then use the and I really hope Disney are doing a Punisher series because. Um, surely it's going to force Marvel. And, and I actually, I'll say this. I hope Brevoort loses his job over this because I think it's been poor. <laughs> He's not going to lose his job. He might, dude. He might. No. What, you don't think? Like, no, not just over... Over punishment? No. Not just this, I'm saying, but like his bungling kind of attitude of the whole thing. Like, he just doesn't know how to read a room. And I'm just... Obviously not just this incident, but I'm, I'm starting to think that surely someone is sort of saying, what are we doing? Like, why are these comics so out well, of sync? The fact that he's still there, maybe there isn't anyone saying what... Yeah. He seems to just survive, you know? Maybe he's just unsupervised. And and, and, for, and also, can I say this? I, I, I don't really calling for his firing. I don't give a fuck that much. But just, my God, just get a proper Punisher book out there. Like, it, you know, Frank's on a world with dinosaurs. Like, really? Like... That would be okay for a fucking quick storyline. Sure, Punisher in the Savage Land. You know, yes, please. Oh, but you know what's so funny? Like, they couldn't... When the whole, like, you know, the defund the police and all that crap was happening, right? Mm. And and the, the immediate reaction was like, oh, my God, we've got to distance ourselves from the Punisher and all that. So, I was like, you know what? You could have actually done a storyline, and this wouldn't have pissed off anyone, right? Mm. You could have done a storyline where, where it's a storyline where Frank like discovers like a, a bunch of crooked cops, yeah, and and he's going to take them out. Do you know what I mean? Like because they on the take, they you know also doing drugs and all that. And it could have been a sly way of having him go against cops, but also corrupt cops. You know what I mean? So yeah. not just like a cop doing his job, like, like Dirty Harry too, the second Dirty Harry yeah, movie. And I don't yeah. I don't see how anyone could spin that as a bad thing because. If you're right, Indian, you'd be like, "Well, they're dirty cops, so yeah. you know 
they're bad guys. And if you're the anti-police, you're like, well, they're killing cops. So, I mean, f- win-win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, look, I, I don't. I don't. And then hopefully by the time that story is finished or the storyline, whatever you want to do for six issues, eight issues, 12 issues, whatever, probably would have been blown over already. Yeah. No, I agree. But, um, you know, I don't know. Dude. Like, they're obviously not going to, um, how can I say, not going to do Punisher right anytime soon. Like, I think they've convinced themselves that, like, he's way too hot to touch. And I'm like, I, I just don't think he is. I, th- I think that they've convinced themselves. Also, don't forget, like, I don't mean to get political, but based on what I've seen, at least Brevoort is a raving left-wing lunatic, you know? Like, mm. a- at least at least he mouths those kind of words on my very little... I'm, I'm definitely not sitting there examining everything this guy says, but I have seen him. He at least he at least espouses the politically correct notions a lot of the time, and and you know, um, you know, you know what I mean by that, Rich. Like we could all say that we, you know, we 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 could all say whatever we believe. Like it's easy to say something, you know. He he definitely at least says all that stuff. He says all the right things when required. So. He's not going to be the one to draw a line in the sand and say, "No, we're going to do a more hardline Punisher." He's not that guy. You well, know? I was going to say, I think no one is is willing and, and is too scared to do a proper vigilante book. But but in like, but here's the thing: in actual like comics, like outside of fucking Marvel, I mean, there's plenty of that kind of stuff. No, but I'm talking about <laughs> Marvel and DC. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are shit scared to do a proper. Proper vigilante. But why are they so scared when other publishers are doing it as well? Like, what? Why? Why are they so scared? I don't get it. Like, it's not like uh, again, it's probably because they're smaller publishers and it doesn't sell as well, so it's not it's not on a big enough radar. I guess, but that's how they view it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess. I just think, I just feel like that their spines are made of jelly, like almost. Like it's just like I guess that they're. If I'm being charitable, it's like they're covering their ass. You know, they're, they're like, oh, we, 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 we've got to preach the company line, like, 100% of the time. Well, it's like, I've heard this, like, saying it's like, uh, it, it's, it's, it's the problem is just that, the, and I don't know when it started, I'm very curious, because, you know how people keep saying the, the, it's a comic community, right? It's right. the, it's a comic book community, and it's like, no, we're not a community, we're fucking customers. Exactly. That's the problem. You view us as a community, so you just believe we should do what you want us to do and yeah. accept the storylines. But no, we are customers. Totally, yeah. And we want, like, I don't go to McDonald's and order a Big Mac and you give me a quarter pound and go, hey, we're a McDonald's community. You've got to take what you're given. <laughs> no, like, I paid for a Big Mac. You give me a fucking Big Mac. If it was a community, a community has, like, lots of different views. But yeah, that's my point. You, you know? can't be, you've got to, you know, you no, to be fair, they do have views, but generally the community kind of works together. I guess. And they have like kind of one goal. We're not a community, right? No, we're customers. Just customers. We're paying yeah. customers. I don't, but with, yeah, different, different. Um, what do you call it? Like, you know, wants and needs and stuff and tastes. Yeah, and if I want a Punisher, then give me a Punisher. Exactly. Yeah, don't, don't give me give me a Punisher. Frank. I pay for it, then I find out that it's fucking the hand. The hand, and he's got magic powers and... Maria fucking wanted to divorce him for some unknown reason, and, and he was always a bad person from the very beginning. It's like, oh fuck off, you know. Like, go read Karl Potts. Punisher yeah, no, no good person can be driven to these lengths. Eh? No. Go read 
Fake Car- from the start. Seriously, go read Carl Potts' Punisher War Journal, Jim Leonard. It, it, it details the, the picnic in some detail. Um, it's great stuff. Some of the best Punisher of all time. Carl Potts really knew what he was doing. So did Mike Barron. So did Chuck. So did other people. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they've lost their way substantially now. Like they're so deep in the woods and, and their own weeds that they have really lost their way. And they're, they're doing that classic thing, which I think is always a danger. You know how they say, like, if you try to sort of really be of the time, you really date yourself? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're really trying to be super reactive to everything. That's clearly what Marvel are trying. And as I said, the heat's gone off Punisher in the last six months. Like, the heat was intense back when those fuckwits were burning buildings, you know? And um, and all that stuff, like, and, well, you know... Well, this is issue 12, Dave, so that's been, been a year. year. That's what I'm saying. The heat's gone off, and they're still reacting as if it was, like, a day after um, that guy got choked out, you know? Mm. And, and whatever. Like, it's like, my God, like, have some staying power, for Christ's sake. And, and, and if the best you could do was... You sent you sent Frank to Weird World with the dinosaurs and the fucking whatever the hell is going on there. Like and he's wandering around with some kids that just turned up. Was there a storyline connected to those kids? Am I supposed to know who they were? I wouldn't do don't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't know what I don't know what Weird World is. Yeah. I've never been there. Yeah. Well I, I I'm not sure I ever want to go there. Um I will say this though. Do you not find it ironic? that all this talk of, you know, Marvel so scared of Punisher, blah, 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 and, like, they had to get rid of the skull. And even, did you notice he wasn't even wearing the skull in the weird world? He was wearing the... He was wearing the hand skull, yeah. Why is he still wearing the hand skull as well? Like, doesn't he hate the hand? I suppose technically that's what he was wearing when he... Okay, because I, I would have thought... I thought the whole point was he kind of finally flipped on the hand, it seemed like, anyway. Oh, well, there's the thing. I don't understand why... So, <laughs> when they had him chained up, he was just in, like, a like a top, like a T-shirt. Sure. And pants. And then, for some reason, when they brought him in to judge him, they, they kitted him back up in his hand gear. Yeah. Well, I was like, why would you do that? I also would have, would have liked to have known what the... Um, some, there, there is one small part of the storyline I found interesting. Like, I wanted to know what the heroes decided to do with him before he did his magic powers and left. Like, what was their decision? They were like, he's strange. like, it wasn't unanimous, but they didn't reveal what the decision was. I, was I would like, imagine it's probably just to like lock him up in a dark magic yeah. cell or something. Yeah, you're probably right there, Rich. It was probably nothing to... Uh... Well, it's Captain America and, 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 and Doctor Strange. They're not going to vote to kill them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just so lame, basically. So that, you know, and, and in fairness, I have checked out the Punisher community on this and I've touched base and no one's enjoying it like at all. Like it's just really unpopular. So I'm, I'm not sure why Marvel are so seemingly proud of themselves. Like I don't think they've achieved anything good here. Marvel's always proud of themselves. Yeah, they, they're, they're loving themselves. I don't know why. Like they shouldn't be, uh, you know. But here's my final point. Okay, let's just assume for the sake of the argument that he's, well, we know he's going to be in Daredevil Born Again or Daredevil Dead Again or whatever it's called, and then he's going to, let's just assume there's a Punisher show. 
Well, that's Disney, and so they're putting out Punisher product. So why a Marvel, a Disney, you know, subsidiary, I guess you could say, or a Disney company, why are they so scared? When, when Disney, the much bigger partner, is still going to be providing Punisher content. I don't understand. That's what I don't get. I'm like... Well, hold your horses, Dave. You don't know what Punisher content you're getting. So, sure. So, you know, let's, let, yeah. let, let's, let's wait till you see what's happening because I have a feeling it's, it's not going to be as R-rated as you hope. Mm. Well, anyway, we'll see. Um, moving away from Punisher, and thank you, Michael, for, for writing in there. Uh, Barbie star Ryan Gosling responds to criticism. He's too old to play Ken. Um, you know, and he was saying, look, you guys have never cared about Ken, which is true. And suddenly you're on me oh, for being too on, old. Hang on, hang on. I don't know. There's lots of Barbie collectors out there. They may care about Ken. Let's, let's <laughs> not just brush it off because you don't care. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Is he too old to play Ken? He look, doesn't look that old to me. I mean, how old was Ken? Ken, I'm sure, was younger in the in his 20s, surely, in the actual yeah. Figures, whereas Ryan Gosling, I believe, is forty two, forty three, but he does look I'm, pretty I'm young. Just, I'm just more concerned with having a um, Simo Ling uh, Ken. <laughs> yeah, we could all do without that. <laughs> My God, isn't that guy a pain as well? Like he's still carrying on online. You know, remember when he was like, um, he was like talking trash when his when his movie came out. Or I remember that he thought he was the biggest thing ever. Um, such an annoying person, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, wait, well, you've got something here about Brandon Sanderson, Rich? Oh, yeah, just something I read. Apparently, he said in November, but I didn't I didn't read about it till today. So, like, Brandon Sanderson, back in November, shared his thoughts on Rings of Power. Yeah. His review was fairly mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, do we need hobbits talking about murdering other hobbits? Well, that's so, like many point. people, he was not a fan of the Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, well, it wasn't great. We, we we battled through it, and I think fairly mediocre sums it up. There was a couple of interesting stuff. The the stuff with Numenor I found interesting. Um, th- th- that I found interesting. The stuff with the Hobbits was fucking terrible. Like wandering around, you know, just wandering around, like in the woods, like Lenny Henry. I mean, that was just dull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like hobbits talking about executing other hobbits, you know, taking their wheels and leaving them to die. It's like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Why did Why did Gandalf like you people? What, yeah, I don't was, know. what yeah. was it about you guys that Gandalf liked? They're like, <laughs> we no hobbit leaves another hobbit behind unless their wheels fall off. Then we do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pretty then we're fucked. Uh, Michael Kellersham writes in about an earthquake in Australia. Did you hear about this? I, I'm worried. Uh, nope, didn't didn't know about it until I read it uh, from. Yeah, so we're totally insulated, uh, Michael. Um, we have not. We have not. I heard... thought I farted. <laughs> <laughs> we we have not. Uh, we have not heard about this. Let's find out where the earthquake was. I didn't even. I didn't even hear about it on the news or anything. No, neither have I. Australian earthquake today. Uh, it was in Melbourne. Um, yeah, it was in Melbourne, but. Um, yeah, there's all this stuff about Australia's complacent and stuff, which I think we probably are, but, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. You know, there was an earthquake. It was on May 28. Yeah, sorry, didn't didn't impact us in Sydney uh, and certainly on the Central Coast. Uh, absolutely nothing at all. So we are, you know, we're, we're complacent, Rich, you know. How do you feel about that? I feel fine. 
You feel for me too. Uh, now, after the Gollum game came out, and uh, listeners should listen to the last show where I was really crowing about how correct I was, um, game developers were sharing stories from games they worked on that were reviewed very poorly, but the whole thing, of course, Rich, in, in today's world where everyone likes to get cuddles, um, mm-hmm. they were all saying, oh, yeah, we worked on games that were reviewed poorly, but we had such a great time and are so proud of them, blah, blah, blah. It was this Twitter thing. But anyway, there was this game, Anthem. I was wondering if you ever played it. So it was once the next big thing from Bioware, or that's how it was sold by publisher EA anyway, but on launch felt unfinished, most notably lacking an endgame, but with a host of other problems. Bioware went into triage mode on Anthem shortly afterwards with the plan morphing into something called Anthem Next or Anthem 2, a full-scale rework of the game, which got well underway before EA pulled the plug. Had you heard about this game, Rich? I seem to recall it coming Oh, yeah, out. I played it for five minutes. Yeah. Was it terrible? Um, not terrible, just um, awful. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was pretty empty, very repetitive. Uh, gameplay was not uh, engaging or fun. Looked pretty. Mm. Game looked pretty, but um, not fun at all. No, no, no. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's... um. It's crazy, man. Like, um, and you know, it was. It, I guess I remember when it came out. It had a lot of expectation that it would be like a new Destiny and stuff, didn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, that's what they were going for. They were they were trying to make a live service. Do to... you there? Yeah, the, as I said, they make they were making a live service looter shooter. Oh, okay, um, right. Yeah, that's exactly what Destiny was, wasn't it? Exactly, that's what yeah. they were trying to make. Right, okay, yeah. and it just failed. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, I've played games that sometimes are only reviewed as, like, you know, 7.5s and love them, like State of Decay, um, the Dead Rising games. I'm not sure they were ever thought of as absolute classics, but sometimes a good game you can get a lot of playability out of it in your sweet spot. Um, I wanted to buy Dead Island 2, which is getting, like, 7.7s, but... Mm-hmm. But it's you know, but I'm waiting for the price to drop because I'm I, I don't feel like paying full price for it. Uh, Street Fighter Six has just come out too, Rich. Huh? So I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to get that? Not right away. Mm, I probably will once I get my Xbox up and running and my PS5. Um, now, Michael Kellishim wrote in about CBR, saying CBR is a shameless clickbait. Uh, sham site, which I agree with. Once more, they all are though. Yeah, once more, much above bloody cool. Aside from being shills for the industry, which they are, they made it known they're not allowed to talk to comic book, comics gate creators, despite there being the only success in comic stores right now. Um, Apparently, they've laid off its editor in chief along with two other senior editors as it's undergoing major structural changes related to turning the corner on both culture and performance. With those changes meaning, as a result, certain roles no longer exists. And we are focusing on individuals who can create a more positive culture going forward. I think CBR puts out some of the worst articles. Um, they're constantly spamming my Facebook, but my God, they put out just shit. Like, it's like 10 reasons why Spider-Man's always sucked. Stuff like that, or, you know, um, it's they, they put out stuff... Oh, like- they like to do things of why... People need to do better, or yeah. representation needs to improve, and all that sort of crap. Oh, I remember gosh. one article I read recently. They were talking about, they were complaining about the way that the uh, creator of One Piece, you know, the, mm. the manga anime One Piece, how he draws women is just like terrible, Sensitive. and you know, <laughs> uh, 
not dangerous, but like um, <laughs> dangerous, uh, harmful to you know, right? You know, woman and standards, all that crap, crap, crap. Yeah, it's like just bullshit, yeah, bullshit. CBR. But I mean, but I said I find them all to be fucking. They are terrible. terrible. They're, like, they're all they're the all same. Like yeah, they're, exactly. I mean, they're, they're they're as bad as Newsarama, assuming that's still around. They're as bad as Bleeding Cool. They're all terrible. Like. If anything, CBR is only worse because I see it more often come up on my Facebook for some reason, you know, and it, that makes it worse. Although, I mean, I but you know what? He is right in that. Um, so, so I've looked into that Eric July, and he had a very successful um, campaign um, for these. Uh, what's it called? Isom. I think his comic is called Isom. Okay. Massively popular, right? He's made millions of dollars already. Um, and I think he's working on issue two and then issue three. And as you, we, you said last week, he's working on something with um, um, Chuck Dixon. Yeah. Now, he's a black guy. Mm-hmm. So you would think he would, he'd be all over the websites. Sure. Successful black man launches comics. Sure. That's a good you know what I mean? Um, but because he doesn't share their views, <laughs> because he doesn't want race swap characters, yeah. because he believes in working hard, and and not playing a victim, mm. not a single website has reported on him. I didn't even know about it until it was brought to my attention because it's not on any of the major comic book websites. Yeah, I think he's got like a um. I'm not an expert on him, but I, I think he's got like a huge YouTube channel or something like. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I went looking for him, and I thought to myself, this is terrible. Like you mm. say that you are for black creators. You sure. say there needs to be more diversity sure. in comics. But if, and they're, yet, if they're not singing the song you like, you don't want oh, to put them on right your, so, But yeah. unless they share your views exactly, mm. they're not the right type of minority. How ridiculous. Um, How ridiculous like, is that? I, just, like, I think it's, that's a, you are a comic book company. How can you not be promoting um, a successful comic or a comic you, that people You can't are tell me that it? back in the... In the um, you can't tell me that in all the decades, everyone always agreed at these comic book companies on all their Of course politics. they didn't. There's no fucking way. I guarantee... Well, look at Chuck and, and um, Denny. Exactly. Yeah, that's just one example. They used to yeah. work together. They did. They were opposite politically. But, but also, I'm sorry, but people can't be solely defined by right-left paradigm all the time like but no one's a monolith man exactly like, yeah, everyone yeah. is more nuanced no, no one's a monolith like uh, look i i wouldn't even know where i fit politically but like if i was having a conversation with you rich i wouldn't be just expecting you to tick off on every single one of my fucking ideas actually and the same it's, for you it's weird but you you and i are very similar but we do actually misalign in some areas yeah. but so um, what there's some you know? areas where you are a bit more left than what sure. i am sure uh, but it's never stopped us from well, that's being what I'm friends. Like, and it, yeah. uh, uh, we've never had a fight or an argument over. No, definitely um, not. But but also like people like, you. But I've said this before. I actually have have mentioned this uh, to to different people across the years. People you work with, like work with, like in my working day, I work with them. Um, you know, happily. You know, part of the team. You know, work in the same corporation. Blah blah blah. I have no. How can I say no expectation that these people would vote the same way as me, would think the same way on certain social topics like, you know, welfare schemes, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many things that are just irrelevant to working well together. You know, like I don't – that's not – if they were terrible at their job and impacting on on 
sort of like service delivery of stuff to clients, yeah, I might view them more negatively, but it would be nothing to do with their fucking politics. Yeah, but your politics yeah. didn't matter because no. back in those days, Dave, you were just writing fun superhero, entertaining, yeah. thought-provoking superhero stories. You weren't trying to push a political message. Yeah, and when I think of like a lot of creators from the seventies and stuff, a lot of them like were literally like one step away from sort of pot, pot smoking kind of the pot smoking kind of hippies, you know, fairly left. Think guys like um, James Dimitrius, that kind of guy, you know. Um, <clears throat> you, you, you know, we've had him on the show many times. We, we know what he's like, and I'm sure he would have had lots of buddies, uh, you know, that were similarly kind of inclined, but there is no way you could tell me that these guys didn't get into debates and stuff when they were chatting yeah. about issues of the day because people just don't think the same on everything. Like, and, and that's good, though, having these debates. Like, I mean, my God, I, I can paint the picture in my head. There is no, like, these guys getting stoned in a room, you know, putting out ideas for stories and stuff. There would have been lots of banter. They would have been arguing about the politics of whatever of the of the time, like... You know, all the shit that was going on, like so much social change from the 70s and 80s. Like, this would have been grist for the mill for these guys just in their chat. There is no way that they were all like, oh, yeah, we agree. We're all voting this way today. We're all voting this way tomorrow where we all believe the same thing exactly. No way. People just aren't that simplistic. And I just I just think it's an absolute crime that, uh, like we're saying, that they're not covering this Eric July guy, who, by the way, I, I know nothing about, other than he's done really well for himself and good for him. You know, like, honestly. You know, all those are better. And then, but yeah, but it's worth a story as a journalist. And journalism has gone to the dogs. But it's worth a story that you could put on a site like that that is supposed to be a comic book news site, in essence. Like, I know they cover a lot of other bullshit, but it's worth a story, is all I'm saying. And the fact that they're supposedly, and I think they are, blocking all these kind of stuff, it's just wrong. It's just, it's just, it's fundamentally flawed. And I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I hope they have some sort of a rethink. But seriously, if the best they've got is, it's always stuff like, um, here's 10 reasons why Iron Man 1's a terrible movie. It's like, fuck you. You know, like, like if it wasn't for Iron Man One, fucking, you wouldn't have this huge Marvel fucking film franchise that you guys have leached off. Like, you know, one second you're shilling away like you wouldn't believe, if you're giving ten out of tens to the most crap issues of all time, and the next second you're telling me that like all the world's problems uh, come from Batman '89 being a bad movie. Stuff like that, you know, it's just it, it, it's just stupid stuff, and it's someone explained it to well, me it's once. Like, did you see Jane Fonda recently? I hate Jane Fonda, but yeah, what what was she, she did uh, recently? She said um, that um, <laughs> climate change is caused by uh, racist straight white men. Well, thanks, Jane Fonda. And uh, they need to be locked up and put in jail so that we can fix climate change. And uh, I was just look, like. Yeah, don't get me started but, on James Bond. But that's the sort of shit that, that CBR and all these other comic where that's the sort of articles they write about, which has got, like, nothing to do with comics. Jane Fonda is lucky not to have been arrested back in the 60s for what she did, you know? Um, <laughs> no, seriously, she she's lucky that she wasn't imprisoned for, for some of the shit she did back in the 60s when she went to Vietnam. Now, it's a long time, water's flowed under the bridge. She seems like a nice enough lady, like, okay, we can all move on. But she's she, she's the last one 
that should be throwing stones, you know? Um, you know, Hanoi Jane is what she was called in the late 60s. Rich, I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but she was, like, openly celebrating the North Vietnamese, like, you know, winning and stuff. She's she's a fucking Fruit Loop, man. You know? Yeah. Well, she is a Fruit Loop. She's saying that climate change is caused by racism. No. It's like... I don't think that's how it works, James. Look, yeah, look, I don't mean to get too sort of annoyed because I have enjoyed some of the stuff over the years, but don't push me too hard on Jane Fonda because I think she's got some real, like, we've forgiven a lot for her, you know? She went on, she she married Ted Turner, she's had a great career, she's worth a lot of money herself, like, she's not a pauper, you know, the world's richest fucking communist, you know? And um, and that's the other thing. It all comes direct from a fucking mansion, you know, telling us all how we should be living and stuff. I find it quite nauseating, frankly. I saw her the other day uh, at some award ceremony. She threw an award at someone, like so she like get someone's <laughs> attention and like hit them in the back of the head. And and I wrote on Facebook another questionable decision by Jane Fonda. You know, she she yeah. um you know, and and I don't mean to bring up stuff like I mean people change, you know. It's a long time ago, and, and and I do, and I have enjoyed. Like, I, I think she's a likable personality, but everything she says should be treated with a massive grain of salt when it comes to politics. Rich, you know, uh, probably the whole shaker. Yeah, like, like that's what I'm saying. She, 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 she shouldn't be treated seriously. Like, her opinions are, uh, it's communism, yeah, from coming direct from the biggest fucking mansion in this, in the, in on the street. You know what I mean? And yep. and which is which is what I find so fucking hilarious. Like throw throw her out on the street, throw her out on the alley, man. Give her a few coins until she's got to beg for her supper. Find out how communism works then. You know? Seriously. I fucking hate it, man. With a passion. You know. Don't even get me started. Uh moving aside from that. Uh Marvel announced a new manga series, Spider Man series to debut in Japan. Um, I, I am so non-excited by, by this shit. Like, I know you love manga and stuff, but, like, I'm just thinking it's No, suck, no, I know, suck. Dave, I like actual manga. Yeah, I exactly, don't yeah. crap about Marvel DC manga. Yeah, the Marvel like, DC I wannabe don't, manga. I don't like, care crap about Star Wars manga. I care about actual, genuine I'm, manga. I'm with not, you. Not I'm, this, help us out, please, manga. They, they this bastardization. Like, the series will be called Spider-Man Octopus Girl. And will be done by the crowd as it did My Hero Academia Vigilantes, which that's one of your favourites, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The story will be about Dr. Octopus, <laughs> I just read it, waking up, going into a coma and waking up in the body of a Japanese middle school girl. I wish I was making this up, but this is a real thing. I, I This is what I, this is actually, this sums up what I hate about this kind of stuff. Like... Like, that's the story? What, what is it? Doctor. Firstly, why is it Dr. Octopus? Why wouldn't it be Spider-Man? I don't know. Anyway, it's Dr. Octopus, apparently. And um, he wakes up in the body of a Japanese middle school. Does he wake up with the tentacles or not? I don't know. Am I the only one who thinks that this kind of yeah, per- Probably. I'm, I'm assuming he'll make the tentacles, whether he wakes up with them. Yeah, because I guess he's got that inclination. Am I the only one that thinks it's kind of pervy as well? Like a middle yeah, school. Yeah, look, I mean, but look, that's Japanese, and uh, if this was a manga, it'd probably be a very interesting idea. But it's the fact that again, it's you're taking established characters. Yeah. 
and to be something manga with him that just makes it feel weird. Well, it just feels like they're just so slow to try to jump on this bandwagon. And also, by the way, this is just a, basically a Japanese manga version of Doctor, like a Doctor was waking up in like Spider Man's body, like kind of like yeah. Yeah, we've kind of done that now. It's just going to be funnier because it's in a Japanese middle school, girl. Ho, ho, ho. But it's like, <sighs> whatever. I can live without it. Um, new old Terry Pratchett stories will be released this October. I've got to be honest. I have read a few Terry Pratchett, and I've never really got into it, but I know people love him, so that's cool. Fans unearthed a collection of short stories that Sir Terry Pratchett wrote in a regional newspaper. This is cool. Back in the 1970s, under a pseudonym and alerted the estate. After some digging, 20 short stories were discovered and purchased by the publisher for a six-figure deal. And this is hilarious. Sir Pratchett... Look, do we have to call him Sir Pratchett? Like, really? Like, fuck. Um, No, he's been knighted. Great, yeah. And can I just say, I'm really getting sick of the royals as well, you know? And, like, just this whole, like, Sir and calling people Lord, like, it's not the Middle Ages. Anyway, Terry Pratchett famously had all his unpublished manuscripts bulldozed after his death. So this will be the first new book to be released in eight years, and in very Pratchett style will be the last new book, which is full of old stories. And isn't that hilarious? Because Terry Pratchett, Sir Terry Pratchett, bulldozed all his old unpublished manuscripts after his death, so I assume it was in his will, hence meaning he didn't want stuff he was working on to be, you know, done. And now that he's safely dead, his fucking estate has dug up shit he did in the 70s under a pseudonym and is publishing that. <laughs> like, it's totally against the wishes of... Yeah, but, like, I love it. It's, it's that's, That, to me, is so... It's just so hypocritical to me. That is just... Like, I'm surprised they didn't contest the will. That, and, oh, no, he can't bulldoze that. We want to make money off that. They did that, and now it's, what, it's probably, what, been about 10 years... Um, or so since Terry Pratchett died. He died of quite a long illness, so I remember mm. he was quite sick. And, yeah, and, and like, here's the estate digging shit up he did in the 70s under a pseudonym. Not that I give a fuck, but I just think that that's funny. Um, and also, um, Michael Kellersham is obviously a big fan of Terry Pratchett. Um, he just listened to the, oh, this is funny, the audio of Going Postal, a story about a, a man who survives a hanging only be descendants to work for the post office. Great story. Can relate because obviously Mike Kellersheim is a is a postman. Mailman always delivers rich. Uh, but um, are you a Terry Pratchett guy? Uh, I have enjoyed some of his stuff, but I wouldn't say that I'm like a an a, an Uber fan or a fan. I've not read um, all of his stories or anything like that. He's um, got lots. He's got tons. I've watched some of the those TV movies. Mm. The Hogfather and and all that, and I did play the 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 um uh the the Discworld game. I don't know if you I don't know if you ever played the Discworld game. No, no, uh, no, no. It was like a click and point game that was um uh set in the in that world, and I believe um like you wrote it or I something. Think, I think they did two games on it. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I played the first one. I think it even came on PlayStation. Mm. Um, I mean, and, I just, and, I just um, never got the humor. As you know, I, like I got what it was and thought it was pretty cool. Oh, you know? Eric Idle, that was it. Eric okay. Idle voiced the, uh, the the voice of the wizard Rincewind. That that was um, pretty in cool. It. And it was fantastic. It was fan fantastic. It was yeah. pretty funny. 
Um, no, look, I've enjoyed some of it, but uh, again, it's it's a bit much. I think mm. um, I, I've dipped my. I mean, probably my favorite one that I read was Gods Gods. That's uh-huh. probably my favorite one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it, but it can get a bit much. I, I don't think I could read all of the books. Like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a bit too much. But uh, I have enjoyed some of them. I know he has a very loyal fan base, and, and me just saying it wasn't for me doesn't mean it's bad or anything. I, I just mean it wasn't my personal cup of tea. Um, like the humor didn't in in what I read, which was probably three books. The humor it wasn't my kind of humor as much, but I did appreciate he was a good storyteller. You know, well the books are basically it's 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 parody meets absurdity. Yeah, that's that's it, and and it's that continuous. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's nonstop parody and absurdity. So it it can get a bit much. I tell well, you, I, I, can, I can see that. I tell you, a, a writer that was humorous that I loved was Douglas Adams. Loved Douglas Adams. I've read all. I've literally read all his books. He was an amazing for me. That that was my cup of tea when it came to humor. You know, and that wasn't as absurd as Terry Pratchett by nowhere near. You know, but it was funny. Have you read them? He Juggers Guide the Galaxy and stuff. Yeah, well, I think his was absurd, but his was a bit more dry. Yeah, he was. He was drier and. Uh, could be quite cutting wit at times. I mean, I loved it. I was, I was just the biggest fan of that stuff. I read all his books and I loved every single one. I was actually really sad when he died. He died of a huge heart attack. He was only in his early 50s. I, I was genuinely very sad when he died. And um, I, yeah, I remember it quite well, actually. And uh, he did uh, like Dirk Gently, The Chucker's Guide. All that Doctor Who stuff he did when he was the Doctor Who script editor. I mean, he was he was brilliant, um, really a brilliant man. Now this is an interesting one again from Michael. Rem- oh, you, I had Dirk Gently Detective. Oh, uh, was it Para? No, what was it Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency? Holistic, that was it. Yes, Holistic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote two books. Uh, I think they made it into a TV series, which I've never seen actually. Um, they did make it into a TV series as well. I, I probably owe it to myself to track down that series because I loved those books. They were they were really good. That's the sad thing. He he had like a lot more books in him. I like, might be wrong, but I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. I, I don't should check it. it out. I should check it out just because I, I loved it. Like I love Hitchhiker's Guide. I read them all, and I read um the Dirk Gently books and and Last Chance to See as well. He had that thing in Last Chance to See, which I still think about all the time. Not all the time. That's an exaggeration, but. There's a last chance to see is like a um, uh, it's like a travelogue, but it's all about rare animals and stuff like animals that are going to be extinct and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, it's a TV series as well. But he tells a story at the end, like a like a metaphor, um, and apparently it's like I'm trying to remember the the story, but there's a civilization like a city. And the city's booming. Like, imagine, like, Rome or something, Imperial Rome. It's absolute peak. You know, everything's going fantastic. Like, the city's so glamorous, um, blah, blah, blah. And then these guys come and they say, I'm trying to remember what it is, but it's basically like they're saying that they will give the answers uh, to the world's problems. And it's it's it, I forget what it is. It's for a massive amount of money or something, and you know, and they're like, no, no, go away, go away, and so they go away. And then, like, twenty years pass, um, the economy's not doing so well, 
you know, things are trains aren't running on time, but but people are still making money. It's still going well, but there's like a little bit of pollution and a bit of this and that. Like the rivers aren't clear, and the guys come again and they've doubled their price, and they say we will, you know, give you. It's something like the secrets or something like that, but they've doubled their price. Like, no, no, go away, go away. Um, you know, we're fine. They and they come back again, and now the city's like in uh, a depression, and like you know, crime is running riot, and um, people are out of jobs. And they've come back again and said, "We give you all the secrets, but it's going to cost you like quadruple now." No, no, we're bankrupt. We can't. We're not going to do that. No, no, we'll dig ourselves out. We've done it before. And they come back again, and literally, it's just like people kind of gathered around a fire. All the electricity's gone, and they're like, "We'll give you all the secrets now, but it's going to cost you so much, so much, so much." And it's just like, it's just the moral is kind of like the cure would have been so much more simple earlier, but the corruption and the pollution—not just the pollution, but just the whole system—had just gotten so out of control and so unfixable that they were no longer able to even afford the solution, you know, uh, kind yeah. of thing. Anyway, look, it was just a metaphor, but it, it, it impacted on me. Douglas Adams was a brilliant guy. You know, he was genuinely a brilliant man. And Terry Pratchett, I'm sure, was too. You know, I'm, you know he was a genius, really. I mean, you know, these guys who can create um, that many books as he did and that world... You know, and, and I, like I admire it, even if I'm not actually into it. I just think it's amazing, like the consistency, the fan base. Like they were, they were lapping up everything he did. You know, really. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's as close to if you're going to call anyone a genius, I think those kind of people are. You know, because if if their work was substandard, they would have been found out. Because he produced like something like fifty books. You know, mm. and and sold millions. Well, that thing, you know? um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think people in, enjoyed his stuff because, like Tolkien, he built a world. He built, like, a, a universe yeah. that spanned these 50 books. You know, like, they were basically, a lot of them were all tied into it. They are mm. fed off each other. There was a lot of continuity. And you got to be smart. you got to be smart yeah. but also creative to to do that um, and do it successfully. So, yeah. 100%, man. Like, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. If you were, if you were substandard, you would have been caught out. But no, he was, he was very productive. And, um, I actually, the one I want to read is the one he did with Neil Gaiman, because, you know, I love my Neil Gaiman. I think that I, I reckon Neil Gaiman might have evened it out a bit more for me. And, I, you know, I think he did one with Terry Brooks as well. He did a series with Terry Brooks as well. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I know Neil, Neil Gaiman's one's Good Omens, which I also did a TV show. And I actually want to mm. check out the TV show, but I want to read the book first. Um, now, Romania versus Well, Sony. just be warned, it is a little bit absurd, like his um, Discworld stuff, just with a bit of galemanism in it. If sure. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure I can handle it. Now, Romania versus Sony, an antitrust battle to the death, Richard. The Romanian, yeah, the Romanian Competition Council is opening an antitrust investigation on Sony PlayStation, claiming they abused their dominant position as a video game platform by restricting their PlayStation-compatible digital games to its PlayStation Store. I agree. Which led to higher prices and discouraged competitors from entering the market. The council claims that by restricting third, third parties' access to selling digital games to the PlayStation, they were essentially price-fixing. Um, as far as brand recognition goes, which which do you think the general population would have heard of, PlayStation or Romania? 
I think our audience uh, PlayStation. Ah, <laughs> uh, but I, I said this from the the talk that I was hearing is that when PlayStation tried to stop the Activision mm. Xbox merger, mm. they opened themselves up to a lot of scrutiny, right? Yeah. Because I like you can't you can't really complain about a monopoly when you are the monopoly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're the number one dog and you you have the monopoly in most countries mm. as the leading console selling all that and and, and you paying for exclusives, you've got to be very careful about blocking yeah. that because now people are looking at you going, oh, hang on a second. Do you have a monopoly? Yeah. You know, you complain yeah. about monopoly, but do you have the monopoly? Are you the one who's like price fixing? Are you the one who's like, kind of gaming the system and all that so it'll be interesting if if um, romania is sort of looking into it um i think i don't know if it was uk or america was starting to look into it now after the hearings as well like mm. they may have opened up a can of worms that they didn't think was going to be opened yeah, well, it's it's often fairly short-term thinking when they're trying to block these um, competitors. And yeah, as you say, then the investigation turns back on them and it's like, wow, like, what are you guys doing? Also, I find it so weird that I can go into, like, a JB Hi-Fi or Amazon and I can buy the physical copy often cheaper than is in the digital mm. platform. I find that so odd. Like, I just think I would have thought it would be the other way around, really. Well, no, here's, okay, so I, I kind of do know why it happens, right? Um, it's weird, but I understand why. Now, to be fair, I don't believe the, the, the game should be as expensive as they are on digital. Mm. But the reason that you can find it cheaper physically, especially after some time, is these stores need to get rid of their physical stock. Uh, I guess, that's a good point, yeah. You know, so yeah, that you, when the game comes out, it's $90, yeah. you know, it's $80, $90. But you go back four months later, five months later, oh, shit, it's $59. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because they haven't moved the stock. They need to move the stock. You know, yeah. more games true. are coming That's out. That's true. Whereas um, but digital, digital yeah. unless you have a sale, you don't have to move stock. It's digital. So yeah. it, it does pay to be patient on digital, though, because I know on Steam. Oh, I never buy digital unless there's a sale. Yeah. Like, I, I picked up that Witcher game, the remaster, on sale. And I didn't pick up the expansions because they were full price, but then I went on to PlayStation Store like two weeks ago and the, the expansions to Witcher 3 were, were just slashed down to like less than 20% and I just bought them. I was just like, fuck it, yeah. Um, you know, and same on Steam. Steam has runs really aggressive sales. I, and I don't check it out all the time, but I've certainly taken advantage of a few of them when I've seen them. Um but yeah, like it's 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 crazy. I, I guess as well, like it's so funny with games. Like they really try to make you think you've got to buy it on day one. But how many times do you buy it on day one? You don't even install it properly until like two weeks later. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. Oh look, I, I, unless it's a particular game, I gen if it's a game that I'm not like my god, I play this now. Yeah. Then it doesn't get bought until. Yeah, until you you want it. Months later, most of the time. Yeah, well, I'm I'm taking that approach with Dead Island too. I know I'm going to buy it. I know I'll play it, but I'm in absolutely no rush. You know, I know I'm finishing Witcher mm. Three, and right now I don't have my TV and my um my my uh, PlayStation set up, so I'm not even that worried. Now, what about this, Rich? Lionsgate really want to make a big budget John Wick video game. There's a ton of energy around it, and they want to make it into a triple A game. I mean, yeah, I could potentially. I mean, I don't know about triple A, but I mean, I could see them doing a game. Like, there's been four huge yeah, movies. I I don't know if you played the game called Super Hot. 
I have not. No. Okay. I kind of feel like that would be a good uh, a good version of of because obviously John Wick isn't necess- it's not really a run and gun. Mm. You know, it's not like Doom. It's not like Call of Duty, but it is a one on one at a time. You know how like he kind of goes through a room. Mm. So Super Hot was this game where um, it, it's basically just level based, right? It's mm. a whole bunch of like different levels, and things only move when you move. Mm-hmm. So bullets don't move, enemies don't move until you move. So you can move and stop. And the idea is to like dodge and then take out the room of enemies mm. by mm. sort of planning your move. And I think a game like that for John Wick could be really cool, where it's very like situational, where you've got to like take out a room of of guys but do it in like some sort of like fluid mm. uh fluent like um smooth dodgy kind of way um eh, something like that could be fun mm. yeah i mean yeah, certainly certainly be fun i think they should probably do it like don't talk about it I do mean, it you know, make it just like a, a standard bloody um um shooter game you know what i mean it has to have it's got to be something different but but, but what are they waiting for like i mean like you know that's the other thing like you get what well, how, i guess they need the studio to make it so i mean yeah but why didn't they make this studio. game when john wick was two three like so four is out it's made a lot of money what are we just starting to make it now like what it just feels like it's sort of like slow to react because doesn't it take like two years to well, make a game? i mean to be fair they're a movie company so maybe they've just been focusing on the movies, and now that they've come to an end, maybe they're like, oh, we'd like to continue this. Oh, no, there's going to be more, by the way. There's going to be more. What, more John Wick? Yes, yes. And spin-offs, okay. too. That's, okay, seems a bit much. And right? spin-offs, man. Oh, yeah. For God's sakes, it just started with a fucking dog, man. Yeah, the spin-offs, <laughs> man. It's, it's all happening. And uh, now, I've got, a, I've got a rumor here. Yo, Joe, um, for G.I. Joe section, a crossover movie between G.I. Joe and the Transformers franchise is in the works, if a new rumour is to be believed. Uh, I got excited, but uh, Aaron the Head Moss and Brian uh, talked me off the ledge because apparently this rumour has circulated for many years. And um, and little Davey got excited and thought he, all the Christmases came at once, but apparently this is slow your roll, Dave. Um, this is a common rumour that comes out every few years. Oh, yeah, I hate those. There's always those rumors that keep resurfacing. Yeah, I fell for it, man. I think someone just keeps doing it to, to keep people's hopes up. Yeah, well, they got my hopes up and then they dashed them, you know? Uh, actor... Dashing bastards. Yeah, actor Antonio Banderas appears to fuel circulating rumors about his potential casting in Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four movie. Uh, oh, I hope it's Doctor Doom. He would make a great Doctor Doom, I think, yeah. Yeah, let's let's look, let's look in and see who. Surely it's Doctor Doom. He's too old to play Reed Richards, so you would think. Um, although they were college roommates. Or college no, but I mean Doctor Doom is Lat- Latverian or whatever. Oh so no, yeah. have a guess. I have a, I I I forgotten this. Have a guess who apparently he's linked to. It is a major Fantastic Four character. Major. Think of what, Galactus. Yes, you got it. Well really? done. Is going to be good. <laughs> well done, Rich, on uh, on guessing that. How did you guess it? Well, other than Doctor Doom, he's the biggest Fantastic Four character. Oh man, I I gave it away by saying Major, didn't I? I was hoping you yeah. were going to say Johnny Storm or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think Antonio Banderas would be Johnny Storm. <laughs> Maybe Antonio Banderas back when he was doing Desperado and stuff. You know. 
back when he was a young man. Um, Superman Legacy is reportedly eyeing Supergirl, Bold and the Beautiful Star, Pearson Fode. Who is this, Richard? Is this your news? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, the Superman news. Yeah. What, tell us, what's going on with this Bold and Beautiful Star? Well, just uh, there was a rumor that um, apparently James well, Studios eyeing this guy, Pearson Fode, for to play Superman. Right. Okay. So, what, is this person also in Supergirl? Uh, he plays a character in Supergirl, but he's also from uh, Bill. I put Build, Bold and the Beautiful. Okay. So, is he rumored to be playing Superman himself? Yeah, I believe he's uh, he's been eyed for the Superman. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to. I've never heard of this person. I'm going to go to images here. I'll give my. Oh, what? This like no. I mean, he's good looking, but uh, it depends. I'm I'm looking at different images. But remember, you yeah. remember they said they were going for younger. Yeah. No. Sorry. The first picture I saw, I was like, no way. But I look at him more. I yeah, he's got a good jaw. He's okay. Yeah. I mean, wow. There's some interesting looks. I don't know. There's. I'm looking. I'm looking at him. It's pictures all through his whole career. So the the. The looks fluctuating. Oh, yeah, no, I can see here. He's obviously, yeah. Well, you're just, you're gonna find the picture where he looks the most like Superman, I guess. Yeah, no, he looks all right. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, good-looking guy, got a strong jaw, decent. Yeah, I I, I can see it. I can see it. I approve. Dave approves. <laughs> I was looking through the pictures. I'll let, there. You know what? I'll let James Gunn know. Yeah, let James Gunn know that Dave approves. I think they, I, you know, and also he's a, to me he's a no name. I know people are saying he's on Bold and Beautiful, but people like me have never heard of him. You know, um, well, only, only housewives will know. Housewives will know. <laughs> he's quite the hunk on Bold and Beautiful, I'm sure, and uh, quite the young mate. You know what I mean? Like, you know, for those mm-hmm. housewives to, to salivate over. Um, yeah, get him before he loses his looks as well. You know? No, <laughs> I, I, I've I've done a deep dive in the last, you know. Couple of minutes, and I'm like, yeah, approved, approved, approved. <laughs> I, I, I always say, got to, got to have one with the shirt off, and I saw one with the shirt off, and I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to, because they're, they're, that's going to be part of it, man. He's going to be in the shower scene. You're going to have Lois in there, blah blah blah. Like, you know, it's part of it, man. And I do the same with the with the girls too. I, I need to see topless. Yeah, okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. <laughs> Come on, Harvey was a bit worse than that. Like full on raping. Uh, maybe that's where it started. He was just like, I just need to see you topless. <laughs> and then when that became too much, he goes, oh, I'm going to see you bottomless. <laughs> and then when that became not enough, he said, i got to see you bouncing. <laughs> oh, yeah, he went right down the well. Uh, now, I have a discussion topic, my second one of the show, and I'm pretty proud of myself for bringing two discussion mm. topics. Now, are you familiar with Pink Floyd? And the album The Wall, like another brick in the wall and all that stuff. I am familiar with Pink Floyd. Okay. Now, Roger Waters, who left Pink Floyd in the 80s, but he's obviously continued on, and he performs The Wall concert, which is like the whole thing. I mean, for those who don't know, The Wall is a concept album from Pink Floyd where basically it is the story of a rock star called Pink who 
kind of gradually loses his grip on sanity and sort of retreats into sort of fantasy and stuff. It's a cool fucking album, actually. I, I love it. And um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, and in the film version, which Bob Geldof played Pink, which is set to the music, um, you know, there's like fascist imagery and stuff because he, he, he really goes like off the deep end. It's literally the whole story of the fucking um, whole album, basically. Anyway. He loses his grip on reality. And so Roger Waters, for many years, like, dude, he was performing this at the at the, at the Berlin Wall, which is really aging us. When the Berlin Wall collapsed in, like, 1990, he performed this concert, I, I, I think, in Berlin, you know, and, you know, we're all so excited because the wall was falling down and, you know, the wall falls down and the uh, wall album, blah, blah, blah. And um, there's always been, like, fascist kind of imagery in it because that's where the guy's brain goes into and stuff like that. Um, but I will say this. That has always been a commentary on fascism rather than a celebration of fascism, and it's quite sort of fucking obvious if you watch it. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, this is the story of the thing. It's a, it's a whole concept album. Anyway, and... This has gone on for years. He's toured the Wall show for many years to great acclaim, lots of positive press, blah, blah, blah. Now, apparently, there's some controversy because he's quite a controversial figure, Roger Waters himself. He, and that's, sorry, he's not blameless here. He has had some fairly pro-Palestinian and anti-Semitic comments in the press over the last 10, 15 years, which hasn't helped his cause. Now he's in hot water in, I think, Germany because someone finally fucking saw the wall, which has only been touring rich for like 40 years, and it's like, oh, my God, there's like fascist imagery in it. He's a massive fascist. Like, we've got to cancel it. And, you know, so there's now a conversation. But it's kind of diluted because this isn't a new show, Rich. Don't you find it hilarious that like – it's like someone finally saw it after 40 years and, and it's like they're clutching their pearls. They firstly missed the point of it. Like, I agree. Roger Waters himself has made some weird comments over the years, and he is very pro-Palestinian and anti-Israeli, which is, I think, ridiculous, but that's what he is. Um, and he's kind of that stupid kind of person who he, he puts that stuff out there, so he brings it on himself. But I will say that he he himself said it's always – he's massively anti-authoritarian. And he said that's the whole point of the show – uh, you know, which is kind of obvious if you watch the show. And what do you think about this, Rich? Because I, I read an article which actually a uh, professor was saying that we've lost any sort of nuance in uh, our interpretation in the media now and people are consuming it. And sometimes what happens is he's saying because we've become so polarised, uh, some new people, you know, I'm talking like, Fresh-faced kids, you know, like encountering the wall for the first time now. They're, they're seeing it on face value only and they're not picking up the sort of themes behind it. And so, They're pretty obvious themes too, but they're not picking up on it and they're actually seeing it as a celebration of fascism, which is obviously not the point of the wall. Um, what do you say to that? Like, it, it's a complex issue, do, but do you, I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's complex, but it's also made money by the fact that maybe this is a guy that anti gets off on dressing like a Nazi. Well, that's the that's the allegation now. 
Because yeah. Adam is a Nazi, you could dress it as any uh, authoritarian. Um, ah, I always struggle with it. Um, auth- authoritarian. Authoritarian. Uh, you know, you could go for Italian. Sure. You could go for, um, you know, Japanese. Like, you, there's a lot of different ways you can. But dress I don't think he to- wears a swastika. But it's just fa- fascistic. He, there is a symbol. Yeah, I know. But my yeah. point is, if you are known for being anti-Semitic, then maybe don't dress like a Nazi. You can still dress like a fascist. You can still dress like, you know, uh, go go for some sort of... But you really maybe leave off any kind of, like, Nazi imagery and just claim it's a, it's a generic... No, but I, I don't think there's a swastika. There, there is a symbol, no, but, but it's not a swastika. No, but the red armband, all that yeah. sort of crap, come on. Yeah. Like, you know what you're doing. Like, yeah. You, you know yeah. you're trying to make it look like a Nazi. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, let's be fair. And I've got problems with him, with his comments on Israel. I, I've always had problems with that. I, I, I think he's got a sort of very naive view there. But again, you know, I, I guess... He, if I remember yeah. the... if I, 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 I'm not a big Pink Floyd fan. Mm. Um, but if I remember correctly, the, the, the videos and all that... Uh, it looked almost like, not futuristic, but like almost sci-fi. Um, yeah, dystopian and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it didn't look like Nazis. No, it was, I mean, I forget, like, I don't know. Like it was like, adjacent, but you could tell that it's it's just like a, a, but I think when you do the trench coat and yeah. you got your glasses and your red, like the, the pure red band, it's a little too close. I think he's he's to... gone more Nazi in like the recent, I, I saw it the other day. Because um, I love their album, like forget of his politics. I mean, I love Pink Floyd in general, not just Roger Waters. I, I like Pink Floyd, and um, so anyway, if, you, if you're doing it in Berlin, in Germany, mm. I would definitely try and make it look as little as yeah. But as I, I, did I think possible. he's got? I think he's got a standard show that he tours with, like like the I whole understand, thing. but just have a costume for like you should have planned in advance and said I'm sure. going to have a different costume for Germany. Yeah, yeah. Good point. But, yeah. But I do think something as well. Like, I I do think that in recent years, like maybe the last 10 years, he's really leaned into the fascist stuff more than I I remember it being. Like, because... Well, that's what I said. Sometimes I think at a point, maybe it's just a guy who gets off on dressing like it now. And so... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know... um, He's a bit too comfy. Look, when you did that, times have changed. Like... (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, they, well, they're, but there's different fascism now. Like, so I mean, you could you could modernize it, you could change it, you could adapt That's it, true. but you seem to be stuck in that old. He's loving the old style, that old message. Which, I, if you want to be stuck in that, well, then you've got to be very careful because you're dealing with a different generation now, and and now you're also dealing where people can people who wouldn't go to your show, yeah, not familiar with your music, can now see it and also take it out of context. So I don't know, it's. That's it's it, tough man. because I mean art shouldn't be censored and all that, but I mean at the same time, let's be honest, Germany has always been very touchy about sure Nazi imagery and 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 stuff. Well, like I'd that. be interested to know um, on that Wall album that he did back at the, the, the literally the Berlin Wall. Like, I mean, he was toast of the town, and they, they had all the. And actually, I hated it because they had all the. Instead of Pink Floyd doing all the songs, you had like Cindy Lauper and stuff, and I was just like, "This sucks." Mm. Like, <laughs> no, I was like, "This fucking sucks" compared to Pink Floyd. But that was what I thought at the time, and I didn't watch it. But I'd be interested to know 
if we watch that video, how much of the fascist stuff is there? Maybe very little, you know? Because yeah, be. I, I think from memory, plenty of people were knocking down the wall at the time. Well, also, and don't forget, now, again, again, because as I said, times have changed. Let's be honest, the discussion of fascism mm. in the last six years has skyrocketed. Sure. Right? So since, what, 2016, mm. I think the the discussion of fascism has has come well in, back into the um, the zeitgeist and the, mm. the the discussion and all that. So, you know, now it's just been more prevalent. So, But why? I mean, how many more fascists are there? Right are there that more fascists? Like, No, but Dave, everyone's a fascist now. Yeah, right. If I misgender someone, I'm a fascist, right? <laughs> yeah. if, if, if I don't, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know... If I don't believe in yeah. reparations, I'm a fascist. You know what I mean? Yeah, if I don't say sorry to... If you're a Republican, you're a fascist. Sure, yeah. If you're anti... Like, you, everything's fascism now. Like, so, you got to be a bit careful. Like, as I said, your thing there, people were probably a bit more like, oh, I get what you now. Good God, like, everyone sees fascism everywhere. So, you got to mm. be a bit careful, I suppose. You know, um, what was his name? Lemmy from Motorhead. Do you know the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a massive collector of, like, Nazi memorabilia, apparently. Um, And he wasn't a Nazi. Apparently he wasn't, like, a fascist. But, like, he's... um, (gasps) Maybe he was doing something noble to buy it to keep it out of... Apparently he just had a massive fetish. Like, nearly all his money went into... His apartment uh, was just, like, all Nazi memorabilia. (laughs) Like, it was weird. And his personal assistant, get this, was Jewish. And they were just like, we don't know what to do, you know? Um, the guy also you had... Could, you could have spun it and said he's trying to keep it out of the hands of neo-Nazis. Yeah. Like, he's, or, he's keeping it out of the market. Like I think he was also a massive alcohol and drug addict and stuff. Like The guy had plenty of issues. No, yeah. you think? <laughs> I think he was pretty bad, yeah. But... um. Yeah, no, he was, like, really into, like, collecting all the stuff. Because, I, I mean, like, forget about Roger Waters or this other guy. If if you're, like, really into it, it's kind of like at a certain point you kind of cross the line. If you're really into collecting all that Nazi memorabilia, uh, at a certain point I think the detachment, you know, I, I do think it's sort of troubling to me. That's just my personal point of view, you know. If you've got a couple of items and you're a military collector, sure, yeah, I, I get it. But if you're like really like it's all Nazi all the time, mm. it's getting a little suspicious, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's like seem to be seem to be leaning one way there, my friend. <laughs> a little, yeah, you, you, you protest too much. A little zig hail. <laughs> <laughs> um, now a new report suggests. When, uh, oh, so X-Men 97, the upcoming Disney Plus revival of Marvel's X-Men will finally premiere soon. I did see there was, like, it was funny, actually. Either the head writer or showrunner, I don't know what he was, he removed himself from Twitter because he's been getting all this abuse over the so-called whitewashing of the character Sunspot. <laughs> like Sunspot the Asian, yeah, the some, Japanese. Sunspot. Sunspot the Asian, yes. No, wait, no, no. Or Sunspot the... I, uh, I'm the, not sure. The, the Latino... Uh, I'm not sure. But, like, I'm not sure if they're Japanese on or not. I don't actually even remember the character. But the point was, on Twitter, this head writer has been getting fucking hammered 
uh, because I don't know why. Like something, he's racist. Basically, they they're, they're claiming, and he he actually said, "I'm quitting Twitter." Like you, you guys have just you know you think you're doing a good thing, but what you've actually done is he made a good point. He said you've actually cut off one of the conduits you had to communicate with, with the production because he was just like, "I just cannot." I don't have the bandwidth or time to listen to these. And what what do they claim is whitewashing though? Because I remember they they complained about whitewashing in the um, Lilo and Stitch live action casting because the um, Hawaiians they cast were not dark enough, even though they're actually Hawaiians. Oh, really? They weren't dark enough Hawaiians. (laughs) That's almost a little racist. (laughs) A little? A little? And by the way, so since your sunspot is from Brazil, you can get some light skinned Brazilians. Sunspot whitewashing. I don't know. Who knows? New 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 mutants co-creator. Sun, what are, why are we even talking about Sunspot? Isn't it X-Men 97? Yes. So here we go. New Mutants co-creator Bob McLeod has slammed the new movie for whitewashing Sunspot. Oh, he's slamming New Mutants. From the moment... Henry... Oh, I was going to say. Okay, New Mutants. Okay. But didn't they cast a... From the moment Henry Zugger was portrayed as announced as portraying Sunspot, there has been black backlash over issues of whitewashing. whitewashing. He's a Brazilian actor, though. No, I no, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 I'm lost. I'm here. Enrique Jagas Mones de Aragra known professionally as Enrique Zaga, is a Brazilian actor. You are literally complaining that they made a Brazilian fucking character Brazilian because he wasn't dark oh, here we enough. go yeah Sunspot who is typically darker skinned on the page being betrayed by Augustini didn't sit well with some who while others feel his skin tone in the show itself is too light for an Afro-Brazilian um oh my god like wait Sunspot's supposed to be Afro-Brazilian now so he's supposed <laughs> to be black Brazilian I don't know I, I don't even know who Sunspot is I don't even remember oh, Sunspot remember he's the new mutants guy that goes black and then he has that like yeah, but I've never read. I've never read. I've never read it, man. I've never read it. So I oh, do they think Spot Spot's supposed to be like Midnight Black? They don't realize he has normal skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's but like I, I'm sorry, I I just can't. I just think these people are just. I honestly think they will complain till the day they die. I actually think they're looking for things to complain about. But also, I think they'd also need to remember that. Um, when characters were created, right, you didn't have the the variety of skin tones sure. that you have today. Like today, you can get so specific on the skin tone that you want, right? Mm. But back in, in, in the days, you could basically do like white, brown, or black. Mm. Oh, you mean you know, in, in the comics? Like, Is that what you mean? Yeah, in, in, in the comics. Right. So yes, maybe in the comics, he was like a bit more brown skin because they needed to differentiate him because he was supposed to be Brazilian, Latino, you know what I mean? Oh. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, it, but that was just a coloring choice. Just like, you know, the Hulk was supposed to be fucking gray, you know, yeah. uh, but the... I mean, they, I'm, they, I'm looking at pictures of him here and I don't know. I can see a variety of pictures. Well, I see him there's, like, there's, one, there, there's one version where he's like full, like, shadow. But then the other ones, he's like... Well, that's when his powers are on, yeah. Yeah, the other one... The, the, the one I'm seeing a lot, it's... I describe it as... Well, it, it even varies. Some it's more tan, and then oh. others it's darker. And I'll point out that the actor in the X-Men movie mm. was even whiter than... Uh, like, whiter skin mm. than the, the guy they got for New Mutants. Well, so. I, but, like... This is hilarious. I'm looking at Sunspot images on Google. 
and I'm seeing a, what I describe as like a, a light brown, a, a darker brown, and then one that's another shade, like very dark brown. Um, yeah. In fact, I've never seen anyone ever in my life. It almost like it seems to be up to the interpretation of the fucking artist, though. Yeah, and the colorist. Yeah, like, but yeah, like I'm seeing just in Google Images, I'm seeing three different shades that go from light brown to very dark brown, but imagine, not black. Just, I'm sorry, but can you imagine saying to a Brazilian, "You're not black enough. You're not Brazilian enough because Brazilian your skin's enough. too light." Yep, I'm like, looking. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm looking at one sunspot here that's super light. It's more like white with a little bit of brown. And then I'm looking at super dark brown. So I'm seeing all sorts. Jesus Christ, I'm seeing one where he looks fucking white. <laughs> but, this, but can I just say, this is where everyone thinks that people are like a monolith, right? <laughs> Look, I'm going to send you this one. The fact one. that they hired a Brazilian actor, you can't even be mad at that, bro. You can't even say, oh, you didn't even go and get a Brazilian actor. You literally got a Brazilian actor. Like, Dude, wow. I, think they, I think they just like to complain, man. I, I honestly do. I, and I think the guy's right to leave. Like, you know, seriously, like, Whatever. Like, also at Sunspot. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I was going to say that. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's Sunspot. Look at the one I just sent you in the chat. Sun who? Look, and you said, when you said Sunspot the first time, I confused him with Sunfire. Yes. Yeah, 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 actually, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, I literally could say there. Yeah, who gives a fuck about Sunspot, honestly? Yeah, have, have you seen the one I just sent you? You know what? Just be fucking glad he's getting screen time, bitches. Exactly. Have you have you seen the one I just sent you in the in the chat on, on Discord? Can you see it? Look how white he is there. Jesus. Yeah. Like, that's that's the whitest one. Imagine if they cast... Like, that looks like that could be played by a fucking, you know, like, just white guy with dark hair. <laughs> like, yeah. That looks like fucking Hugh Jackman. But, I mean, Jesus that. Christ, are you telling me... Okay, so so if, if, if there is a black superhero... Yeah. Your skin tone has to... Because, you know, there's different colors of black... 100%, yeah. Right. There's dark black, there is black, there is brown, there well, there's is light that, brown. Well, there's that Nubian kind of look, look where it's like you know, so are, are you telling me that you cannot cast any black person? It has to be exactly that. Are you going to take a little color swatch up to their skin when they come for the thing and go, oh, oh nope, sorry, too light or to oh, me, oh, nope, too dark? To me, and, and this is just my opinion, I think when you're getting to that level, it's starting to become pretty racist. No, you, you've crossed the... You, you, you've compl- I mean, yeah, that, that's just... Also, the, it's becoming a bit know, ridiculous too. You know, like, it's just a bit yeah, like, come like, on. Like, God, you, they literally... You, they went and hired a Brazilian actor. You cannot even... Compl- I'm sorry. Yeah. I, like, but also, is it a cartoon? Well, the X-Men 97 is supposed to be a cartoon, yeah. So what are we worried about? Like, we're not going to see the guy. Are we? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like we're seeing. No, but I don't know. Are they, you said they were complaining about New Mutants, the movie. That no, no, they're, they're complaining. No, that yes, in New Mutants, it was two. So it's two separate complaints. So the oh. the first Google search I did was the creator of Sunspot, I assume, bitching and moaning about the actor who was cast in the New Mutants movie. Okay, so that was separate. Then, but now with the cart the cartoon coming back. Um, the character of Sunspot, I assume who is voicing him, they're complaining about. But I'm like, we're not going to see I was going to say, I've not seen any images for the show, so... But what does it matter with the guy? Uh, like, he's voicing him. Uh, I don't know, Dave. It's like... But, like, come on, you're like, oh, the voicing actor isn't dark enough? Like, 
to me, that's fucked. I'm like, wow, okay, we're getting super... It's so sad because, like, I live... You know, I lived in a world where Samurai Jack was voiced by a black guy. Right. And no one had an issue with that. Yeah. Who cares? You know what I mean? Uh, in fact, I've there's been... Aquaman has been voiced by a black guy. Right. Right? It's a voice. Yeah, I don't care. I don't give a shit about what the person looks like. In fact... We've I've watched shows where kids are voiced by women, young well, boys. Bart Simpson. Yeah, young boys in TV shows are voiced by women. Should I be upset because they didn't cast a young boy? No. Or or even just a male to do it? No, I don't give a crap. It's a voice. Yeah, I don't get it. I I I'm confused actually now. I don't understand what they're complaining about. Like the actor. Again, they can't be complaining about the look of the character because again, we haven't seen any. Well, that's we've, what we've I want. Now I'm getting confused. Are they complaining about the colorization of the character, or are they complaining? I don't know. Yeah, I honestly don't. I, know. I'm confused point, by the I complaints. I feel like these people are complaining a lot of the time, and they maybe need to get laid. You know. Well, as I said, um, isn't, isn't it the sign of that you live in a, a, a in, in a peaceful time? You said you go looking for problems. <laughs> oh, that's these people. I mean, I don't blame this guy for leaving Twitter. Like, fuck Twitter. If he, like, he's got a show. Yeah. He's got a show to write. He doesn't need to listen to this bullshit. And also, yeah, guess what, kids? It's Sunspot. No one. Although, cares. You know, I, I prefer that he just like mass block them because it's now it's you know yeah, they now feel they like they're one. the other people who who do want to interact with him. Yeah. Uh, in, in a good, you know, a reasonable, respectful way. So yeah, you know. exactly, man. Well, you know, it's basically bullshit from these people. Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Yep, just one weekly comic this week because we already did the Punisher discussion. <coughs> discussion. it was a chore. Oh, yeah, the Punisher one, yeah. I'm going to give that Oh, Punisher. no, no, I'm talking about this one. Oh, yeah, so, okay. Batman Brave and the Bold one. So, firstly, Dave picked it thinking it was going to be... Uh, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I thought it was going to be the old style... Batman Brave and the Bold. Obviously, I don't mean like Bob Haney fucking writing it with Neil Adams on art or whatever, but I mean like Batman. Good. You meant good. Yeah, you good. You, I, we, I, dude, I, I fucking wish it would be that stuff. But um, what I mean is I thought it was going to be Batman teamed up with another superhero from DC's Pantheon. Be that, you know, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, et cetera, et cetera, and you get more obscure, whoever. Um, that's what I thought it was going to be. I also thought it was going to be 25 to 30 pages, Rich. Um, I open up. 70 pager. Um, I see Tom... First, well, it's basically an anthology book, and unfortunately mm. the first story mm. is written by Tom, I suck at writing, King. Yeah, uh, single favourite Tom King. Um, and I groaned. I was like, oh, of course. Like, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, I was like, it's an anthology? I was like, all right. Um, Tom King giving us one of probably the most boring stories I've ever read that Batman has oh, been involved in. I also in. just want to say, an anthology that's called Batman Brave and the Bold, and the first story, and it's end cap with Batman, but in the middle, no Batman. That's it's true. Like yeah. Three stories, no Batman, I think. I yeah, Batman. well, one story, the Stormwatch story, very tangential because it had a Batman-related character, but, I mean, it was, Jesus Christ, it was a very... Very obscure Batman character. I didn't even know who that was. Um, I thought it was Storm Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Storm Shadow joined Stormwatch. But, um, well, let's kick things off with... Um, with Tom King's story was just boring. It was just overly long 
it it went nowhere. It was completely pointless. Um, the characters all just spoke like as one person, including the young child. She spoke like someone twenty years older than that child. The whole thing sucked. Uh, and also, can I say the? It's typical Tom King, though. It was it's typical Tom typical King. Typical Tom King. I am so awesome. Mm. I'm the best writer. I'm so imaginative. I'm so artistic. I, I he even includes um, when the Joker's talking. He he has the Joker talking like uh, those old uh, black and white silent movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they would so obviously people were talking, but then it would uh, sound switch cards. to the black or the 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 Title still that, that showed you the dialogue. You know the yeah. written dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like really Tom. Like mm. you, we know he's, she's talking to the Joker. Like, yeah, that wasn't a surprise. We literally know it. So, you know, and oh my God, the dialogue of this, what, probably four, five-year-old? Yeah. Like, oh, Tom, I don't think Tom King has children. He can't have children. Well, either. unfortunately, I know he does because he always talks about them when he goes on podcasts. So he well, does have children and just, yeah. Then I then I can't explain this dialogue. This is... It's terrible. This is what I imagine someone who thinks kids sound like, right? Also, can I say the... Uh, What's the word to describe it? Like, there's scenes with the guy who Batman's going to beat up with all the swearing and all the bleeping out of the oh, words. so unnecessary. That, that went on for what, just way, way, way too long. Like, way too long. Like, so many panels. Well, what you described is Tom King writing way too long. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, no, nothing about that story was worth the price of admission. Oh, like, and I just want to point out... Um, that guy, so okay, so he's chasing the guy. The guy falls on the train track, breaking his leg, and yeah. he can't move. And a train's coming, mm. right? And the guy's like saying, Batman, give me out, give me out, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Fine, like, you know, I'm not talking. And then obviously, the train's coming close. I'll talk, I'll talk. That guy, as the train's coming, it almost hits him. He throws himself out the way mm. with his broken leg. Batman just stands there. Yeah. Well, so was Batman literally going to just like let the train hit him? It would have been almost amusing if he did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Considering Batman's Mister, no, I'm sure no Tom kill. King's Batman would. But it, it, like Batman, it, at least in my memory, it, it, he's still pretty much no kill. I, I would have thought. But as I said, this guy. Although it was a year on one, Bat, it was a year one Batman. I will give Tom King that slide out. You know, I I wouldn't because I would only give him the slide out if Batman like kicked him out the way or shoved him out the way or pulled him out the way or something. Because yeah, but year one but Batman's more violent, way, dude. Year, year one Batman's more violent. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh, violent enough to let a guy be run over by a train? I don't know. Like, I'm not really defending it. I'm just saying he is more violent than the normal Batman. Year Again, one. I don't have an issue with him letting the guy think the train's going to hit him. Yeah. My issue is I pulling himself out of the way with his broken leg, mm. with Batman assuming that he's going to pull himself out of the way. Well. Okay, but I will say that was there was two bits of the story I liked, and there were the two bits that involved Batman because fuck me, I didn't like everyone else talking. Uh, the two bits I liked was when the guy was like, "I need justice," and he and Batman said, "Yes, you do," and like and like foot stomped him. I liked that panel, and I liked the one really weird panel where Bruce Wayne's talking to the guy, and then there was like a, he did have like laser eyes. It was obviously artistic effect. And like all of a sudden, Batman turned into like like a robot with like glowing eyes, <laughs> and, and he was like being showing his true face, you know, like to the socialite or whatever the guy was. Talk- I wasn't really paying attention. The guy who was talking all that shit, 
and Batman just at one point just snapped and gave him a full Batman death glare and they did the artistic effect. I thought that looked cool. They're the only two things I liked in the entire story. I thought it was a complete waste of time. So everything you liked is art-based so far? 100%. No, no, I was, no, was going to say that. That, that, that. that was literally my next comment. It was artistic choices. Um, and it was only two panels that I liked. And I thought the rest of it was just awful. Um, just awful. Like, just some of the worst Batman you could do. Like, one out of ten, you know, uh, for that story. The Stormwatch story after that, uh, very generic, but I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought, this is more fun. This is kind of what I would expect from a fucking comic book from DC to do with... Well, actually, when I bought Batman Brave and the Bold, I wasn't expecting a Stormwatch story that didn't involve Batman, actually. But... Yeah, but set, also yeah. Stormwatch story that feels like Suicide Squad, which is annoying. Well, it's yeah. Well, Stormwatch, correct me if I'm wrong, was the precursor to Authority, and it had like none of the Authority guys were there that I could see anyway. Um, well, I don't know. I only recognised uh, obviously Ravager. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I recognised Ravager and Mister Bones, and I knew. Well, no, Mister Bones, but he runs it. He's kind of the the Waller. And then mm. there was uh, what's her name, uh, Shadow. Yeah, the chick who was Green, Lant- uh, Green Arrow's child. She was there. No, no, I think that's the mother. Oh. The chick that he boned to have the... the or no, the father boned to give him the sister. Uh-huh. No, okay, but she so had a kid. Sister. She had a kid, man, and that's that kid. No, Green... Green right, Arrow. Green Arrow, mm. it's his sister, not his kid. Oh. The chick that runs around, the young girl... Mm. It's his sister, not his not his daughter. Oh, I thought it was his daughter that he had with the ninja chick. No, his father had an affair with that woman, and that's his sister. Oh. But didn't Green Arrow also have an affair with her? I thought he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, but you're thinking of old continuity, mate. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Cool. Yeah, I am. I'm thinking of Mike Grell's stuff. Yeah, you're not thinking of New 52 continuity. Because I hate it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, whatever. I, 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 in essence, knew the character at least from Green Arrow very vaguely. Like you know, I knew who she was, kind of. I could place her at least. The the Batman related character. I mean, they even said it, it's a very disconnected member of the Bat family, and I was like, yeah, no shit. Who's it supposed to be from the Bat family? The one in the white? <sighs> I don't know. It was like Ghostmaker's sidekick or something. I don't, I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't know who Ghostmaker is either, to be As honest. As I said, other than Ravager and the Shadow... Uh, oh, yeah, there were heaps of... Like, there was that book. Any of these characters. And by the way, yeah. I fucking hate that Ravager, this is Deathstroke's daughter, <laughs> is running around in orange running shoes. Yeah. Like, as an assassin. I'm like, oh, for fuck, man. Like, oh. Well, maybe she wants arch support, Rich. Yeah. It's, it's so counterintuitive to be an assassin, like uh, to be a, a killer for hire running Why? around in sneakers. I'm sorry. Why? I'm an assassin. I go around in sneakers when I'm when I'm just walking around in my. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Dave. It's... My back is killing me. I, my hips are fucked. I'm going around killing people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but but at least if you're wearing running shoes, they are. You know, you can make a quick, a quick getaway and stuff. They're good for running, man. Like an assassin, that's handy. I would have thought. I'll say this: I took me a while to realize there's a there's a there's a black character in it, mm. and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't realize there was a woman till they said it was a she. <laughs> I thought it was a dude. Yeah, but but <laughs> that's like that's how badly that's how badly she's drawn. The art wasn't great, um, but I found this storyline the best sto- story in the book, actually. 
I, uh, I'll say that. No, look, it's not terrible. It's just for some reason, this character, mm. just, as I said, just they they didn't do a good job of making her look like a woman. Yeah. Because uh, Ravager right. looks like a woman and Shadow looks like a woman. Mm. But this this character, they were just maybe made too manly. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, in, in, in what was, like, not a... I also, but the problem is, is you say it's the best story, but it's also a story that I don't give a fuck right. about. Like, it's... Oh, when I say it's the best, it's, it, it's like a bad... It's a bad selection, man. Like, yeah. there's... The, I, it just, it, yeah. To me, it just feels like a mission from, like, Suicide Squad. And it, was there a Superman like one with Lois? Mission. Like, what was Superman doing? Like, was it... Uh, playing Indiana Jones. But what's he doing in Batman Brave in the Bob without Batman? Mm-hmm. Well, he shouldn't be in Brave and the Bold of Batman. He should be in World's, World's Finest. True. That's true. But that's true. But I will say that he did show up in Batman Brave and the Bold on occasion. Look, uh, clearly the people working at DC <laughs> don't even know what Brave and the Bold is. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to get geeky for a second. Brave and the Bold was normally Batman, but before that, there was a period where Brave and the Bold was just anything. But when you call, but like if you call, yeah, but, yeah, but it wasn't called Batman Brave and the Bold. It was called Brave and the Bold. Exactly true. But now they're calling it Batman Brave and the Bold, which yeah, because they can have two Batman stories and then anything. fucking filler in between. Well, I hate that. What's this retailing for? Because I feel like they're charging an arm and a leg for it too. You know. And it, it's a waste of money. Like honestly, this isn't worth the price of admission. The the Batman story and then there's a really shit story at the end uh in black and white which i I like a sort of like oh the one where they're they're trying to make it look like a a, a, yeah yeah like it's it's like their poor man's attempt at manga would you agree uh definitely it's definitely someone who's heavily inspired by manga the artist yeah like like i don't know like it, it was just unnecessary okay so on amazon kindle this is retailing for eight dollars us seven dollars 99 us Hmm. So, I mean, I uh, can I ask you something? I'm not, other than Tom King, because sadly I am familiar with him. I don't actually know. I don't think I'm familiar with a lot of these writers. Mm. I'm gonna have a look now and see if I if I recognise any. The, Storm, the Stormwatch one was written by Ed Ed Brisson. Oh no, Ed Brisson, I'm familiar with. Yeah, Ed Brisson is a uh, a bit of a favourite of mine actually, which probably explains why I liked the issue. Um, what has he done? Well, he's current, he's done quite a bit. He's, he's writing Predator at the moment. He's writing Ghost Rider. Uh, he's written uh, Old Man Logan, Dead Dead Man Logan. He wrote. He's written a. Oh, bit, okay. He's been stuff I, I haven't read. Okay. He's he's done a lot at Marvel. Actually, he's one of their better. Campbell sounds familiar, but yeah, no. he's also been around. Um, like I couldn't name his stuff with my head, but he has been around. And then uh, Dan Mora. Dan Mora has been around for a long time too. He's an artist. Um, Dan Mora. Um, yeah. Dan oh, Mora. yeah, because he's story and art, so he's yeah. the manga art. Yeah. yeah. He, no, he's he's a good artist, actually. Um, but I'm sorry. As a compilation, it fails. And you know who's most to blame? It's actually Tom King. Because if it's like in a, in a relay, you got to set off fast. You know, that first runner, he's super fucking important, you know? Uh, and in in this, he's more important than the closer, and he he is woeful. I would describe his effort as. I think his was the worst of the book. And when you start out and you're the worst, you leave such a gaping hole 
for the rest of the of the people to to fill in behind. Yeah, I, I I'll be honest with you. I think uh, I don't even know why Tom King was allowed to be involved in this. Mm. He should have been kept far away from Batman. Yeah, uh, something yeah, yeah. Batman related as possible. Yep, I'm going to give the whole issue. <sighs> 3.5, and most of that comes from Stormwatch, which at least was mildly interesting. It wasn't great, but it was mildly interesting. I, I, I look, to be fair, I enjoyed the story. Some of the art was annoying, but I, I did like the story um, of the Stormwatch. The rest of it I could just live the rest of my life and never think about again. And I still don't understand what Superman was doing in a Batman Brave in the Bold without Batman. It would have made more sense if Batman had made an appearance, or at least was mentioned, you know? Oh, look, he may turn up in any of these stories because I think they're all continuations, aren't they? Oh, okay, right. I will say Lois looked pretty fetching in that, like, 90 that was riding pretty high. Um, I will say that. That's, you know, one small thing I'll say for the story. Um, would have been nice to have a sex scene, but it's not going to happen. Oh, my God. What? It would have. I'm sorry. I was, no, no, I'm looking... <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up Christopher Cantwell, mm. and the first one that popped up was Christopher Cantwell, mm. uh, known as the Cry Nazi, as an American white supremacist neo-Nazi. And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking this is the wrong Christopher Cantwell. <laughs> 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 but it's so funny. That's the first one. Yeah, that's well. the first result is a fucking neo-Nazi white supremacist. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty like, confident oh, that's not this Chris, guy. Chris, I'm sad. I'm sad to say you should probably change your name. He no, he's been around. I I, I know that. Oh, okay. I that's why I know his name because he's also look. He's a screenwriter. Mm, okay, yeah, he's worked on movies. That's why I've I'm familiar with his name. But it doesn't look. I just know his name. I, I don't even. know. It doesn't look name. like I've read too much of his stuff. He's worked on like Iron Man. It looks like Star Trek. Mm. Uh, comic uh, Doctor Doom, mm. uh, Mars. Okay. okay, but again, not, again, not a super amount of stuff that. But the name is just familiar. the name is familiar, yeah. Even though we're we're, we're finding it difficult. I've probably seen it on movies as well, and yeah, I'm giving it three point five out of ten. What are you giving? He's it, Rich? worked on the mask and all that. Um, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I mean, technically, his story is the best, but I mean, I still um enjoy it that much. If I'm no. being honest, yeah. Um, so out of 10, Rich, what are you giving it? What, the whole, the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, overall. Three? Yeah, I'm giving it 3.5, and, and I feel that's been generous. You know, I, I'm, I'm tempted to downgrade it, but I, I do like Mr. Bones, and I do like Stormwatch. Oh, I did get a kick out of seeing Mr. Bones, but I mean, I mean, I've seen Ravager plenty of times from Titans. Um, probably the nicest thing was just going like, oh, finally they're doing something with Mr. Bones, mm. character. I would have liked um, to have seen the proper like storm. How cool is it if if, if uh, Mr. Bones was your Nick Fury of the DC world? What a what a cool contrast to Nick Fury from Marvel. <laughs> no, I th- well, he kind of is, isn't he? But no, they don't really use him like that, unfortunately. He's kind no. of like, for a long time, has been... He was the head of the... What was it? The DEO and all that. Yeah. Like, that kind of... But he's he's kind of been nothing since New 52. True. Yeah, agreed. He was in um, what was he in? He was in something heaps, JSA or something. Was he? It was Jeff oh, he appeared all over the place, man. Before yeah. pre fifty two, because again, he was the head of the DEO. Yeah, he was cool. I liked him. So I he was, he was always cool. rocking up, um, and, and you know, he's he's in charge of like the meta affairs and uh, black ops stuff and and keeping the world I, safe. I was kind of disappointed when he said we're taking Stormwatch away from aliens. I was like, oh, really? Um, <laughs> but you know, you know what? And this is a uh, – what I'm going to say now is I, I honestly believe 
uh, no one can take away my original Stormwatch with Warren Ellis, you know, and, and the original authority, which is where it was really awesome, you know. And that's the thing you need to remember sometimes. Like, they can fuck around, but nothing can take away from those original stories, which I love, you know. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then that's that's something I've just learned. I'm like, hey, you know what? They can fuck around with Stormwatch in the regular DCU, but I can still go back look, to I, classics. To the, yeah, but the thing is, I've got, look, it sucks because I'd still like to be able to join new stuff. But so would I. at the end of the day, I'm just going to have to settle for the old stuff. Just like with Star Wars, right? Mm. I'm still collecting the, the Legends crap, you know, and, and the novels and the books and all that. And, you know, I, I'll enjoy collecting that. It sucks that I won't be able to collect any new stuff, but. At least I've got the old stuff. Exactly, man. Exactly. All right. Um, now we're coming to our trade of the week, which was the wrong earth night and day, Rich. Is that correct? Mm, that do, is correct. Do you want to give listeners the 10 cent pitch on this one? Um, so it's just the continuation from the wrong earth. It's basically, it's if like, um, okay, it's a, imagine if like modern Batman and 60s Batman switched. Uh, Earths. Now, in this one, the the modern Batman's a little. It's a bit more Punisher. Um, so he kills people. But it's basically essentially, yeah, it's a Batman character. What if one was like super dark, super violent? The other one came from that '60s, you know, kind of everything works out. The villains aren't that bad. Mm. Um, you know, uh, kind of thing and all that. And so this is a continuation where they've now been operating a bit on each other's Earths. Um. But then there's this pollution that's happening on the two Earths, and they discover that mirrors are involved because that's how they obviously wound up in the situation. Um, and so they both go and investigate, and then they both kind of meet up on this other Earth that is polluting other Earths um, um, and, and stuff and all that, and kind of have to like work together without killing each other or being in each other's throats all the time. Mm. Um, and then it ends on a. Uh, uh, to be continued, so there'll obviously be a volume three. Can you explain to me the ending? Because I was confused. Like, I, I get the mirrors were all broken, but where did the sidekicks, like the chick, Dragonfly Woman or whatever she's called? No, and, she's actually called Dragon. She's actually called Lady Dragonfly Man. Okay, her <laughs> and the sidekick. You know, where like the other sidekick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the violent sidekick. Yeah. Mm. So how did they get there? Well, they got there before the windows were smashed, uh, before the mirrors were smashed. Oh, so they came through mirrors as well. They came through the mirrors, and then after they, uh, so they don't know the mirrors have been. So they rock up now, going, "Hey guys, you're ready to go home? Have you, I you see. know, have you solved the case, kind of shit and all that?" And then it's like, "Oh, like we're all stuck in." Here. Right. I was sorry. I was confused at how they got there and how. Yeah, it was. It, it ended very. Can I honestly say, for such an enjoyable um, book, I really enjoyed it. I felt the end was very abrupt, and actually, I too abrupt. I, I I feel even on a cliffhanger, it was, yeah, I wasn't happy with that ending, the way it ended, more than anything, you know. Well, I don't mind the ending because um, they still saved the day, mm. like you know, the day still saved. The pollution is now ended, uh, but they have trapped themselves, and the ending was just more of a. Oh, oh shit! It's not just us that's trapped. It's all the sidekicks and the, the 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 Batgirl character, and it's like, and then the the third Dragonfly Man, the one that's from that Earth, who's mm. actually a bad kind of a bad guy. Mm. He's now trapped on one of the other the their Earth. I think he was on the Amigos Dark, one, mm. the 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 shitty Earth one, and 
But he loves it there, doesn't he? Well, it looks like he might become a villain there and maybe try and take over the world. So that's a nice little um, uh, end credit scene because that happens after, like, you know, it's kind of like Mm. a a secondary mini story, Mm. kind of like um, epilogue. Mm. No, yeah, epilogue. Um, So I liked it. I mean, it ended, they saved the day, and you know, and all that sort of crap, and then it just had a nice little, like, uh uh-oh, to be continued type of thing of, like, oh, shit. A really like, enjoyable oh, read. Oh, and it's interesting because the, especially in the the good world, the mm. alpha, mm. the villains have actually started taking over there now because yeah. there's no hero. So look, I like that it's leading towards stuff, and the fact that it's enjoyable just makes me want to look. I'd much rather be left wanting more. Sure. Than the crap I'm reading now. <laughs> I don't want to keep what I don't want. I, I'm I, like. Please. Please, I don't want to read more. I honestly love this story. I I, I, I could read more. I, I just find I'm just like, I, I love it. I, I just... And isn't it sad that somebody at DC hasn't thought of the story? Yeah. Like, what if dark, well, modern, brooding... Well, they do. They do. They, they do, but they don't do it as well, you know? No, but I'm saying, like, imagine if they did it this well. They did an, uh, yeah. an Elseworlds or a Time story where... Sure. What if, you know, uh, 60s Batman met modern Batman? Like... Yeah. And the, and the fun you could have... But and, I, I feel like they do it and they always... It's always shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it yeah. sucks that uh, someone else is doing a far better job of yeah, it. Yeah, way because better. Essentially, it's, essentially, it's, it's essentially two Batman characters. Yeah, yeah. Now like gotta... that Dragonfly Man from Alpha is fucking. Um, he's Dark Knight Returns. Uh, no, he's, but sorry, he's Adam, Adam West. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's Adam West 60s Batman to a T. Yeah, and the other guy's Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's that, like, I don't give a fuck anymore. It's time for these yeah. guys to die. There's no, you know what I mean? That's the only way to save the city. Now, I've got a couple of questions or observations more than questions. Okay, so. I love it. Like, I absolutely, I loved the first one, and I always feel sometimes when you love a first thing so much, it's a sophomore effort. It, you, you, you're almost worried, like the follow-up. The follow-up was great, really good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, one thing I noticed, um, you know in the Alpha, like the Adam West world, the, the banker and the... Um, Mayo. Yeah, yeah. They're technically good, but did you notice they still had all the uh, footage of everyone and stuff? And in Omega World, they're evil. Um, yeah. Yeah. So even in the good world, do you, I, I liked that, that they still were like massive. Because he said, oh, you know, it's approved by such and such company. And it was a company the bank owned. So. It, yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's bad, but it's a, it's a world of innocence. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. But it doesn't mean that what they're doing is 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 right or yeah. They're, they're not it. they're not evil in that world though, are they? No, they are technically the good guys. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but, but I it's thought, because it's, uh, it's a world that's more innocent. So, yes, yes. You know, like corruption isn't really a thing. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's almost like that movie, The Invention of Lying, where no one lies. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah pretty much exactly. Yeah. Mm. And but I found that interesting. See, I think that's clever. And then I also really thought it was cool when he, the guy was like, "You should see that in my world." And then he, you saw the Omega world, and you saw that they were like full on, you know, they, they were full on. Rogues. Oh yeah, they corrupt, corrupt mayor, corrupt uh, 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 bank president. See, I, I think that kind of stuff's really cool. I, I, I honestly reckon. I, I know that this is a um, 
like a you know, not independent publisher, but it's a small publisher, and I don't know how well this stuff is known, but I think it deserves to be known a whole lot better. I, I actually think it's some of the like it's inventive storytelling. You know, it's it's interesting. It, it, it's riffing on stuff we know. Like, yes, it's Adam West meets Dark Knight, but it's done really well, and I think it actually. It's it's a cool well, concept, but done ex- executed very well. Well, that's what I said. Let's go back to our discussion we've had where it says where I said you can use a premise. Yeah, that's been done before, but make it your own. Totally, yeah. yeah. Like this is someone who's gone. What if, mm. as you said, Dog Knight returns Batman and Adam West Batman swapped Earths? Yeah. How would they handle each other's Earths and all? That? Like, how would they handle each other? And you know, that's it. And again, he's done it fantastically. Like. It doesn't even matter that it's not a well-known character. You oh. know what I mean? Like, it's probably even better because you can do a bit more with him. Exactly. Um, so and this this is fantastic. This Wrong Earth is a wonderful, wonderful read. Probably my favorite series in <laughs> probably close to the last five years that I've read. Oh, like, oh no, I'd agree. I'd, I think it's right up there. Um, in terms of modern stuff, oh, I think it's right up towards the very top. And fantastic art as well. That's it. Beautiful not art. not that cheap sort of art that you sometimes get on some of the more you know indie or smaller publishing houses you know where it's like it's it's not the great you know what I mean it's not mm. the best um mm. th- this has actually got fantastic art and it's um nice contrast we 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 between the two um earths and the different artistic style he uses you know mm. um now I had a, I had another observation um. Oh god, I've, I've forgotten it now because it's too late. But it, it, it really, when I, oh, that's right. So it's it's the the guy they go to at the end who seems like he's the all powerful dragonfly, whatever he calls himself. And yeah, from the other Earth, yeah, yeah. And at first you think, oh wow, he's like fully like he's almost like the Blue Beetle kind of like style look he's got. Going yeah, he's, on. yeah, he's like the Iron Man. He's yeah. kind of you know what I mean. He's he's more of a tech. But did, you, but did you notice that apparently he's like sexually abusing the um, sidekick? And uh, I think no, that, um, that's sec- No, he no? is abusive mm. because the sidekick does say he basically goes off, finds a prostitute, fucks a prostitute, and then comes back and he's more calmer. Okay. So he was, So he's definitely abusing the the kid. Like he's he's probably smacking him around and you didn't think it was sexual abuse. No, because the guy the guy said he leaves to go fuck a, okay. um, right. a, a female prostitute. And it, when you go to that other world, he just finished fucking a female prostitute when he really back okay. All right. Well, I, I know I thought... He's Earth, they don't have prostitutes. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why he's so sexually fucking well, my... frustrated because his Earth doesn't have prostitutes. I'm an innocent because I was surprised when, when Dragonfly said to Dragonfly Man worrying dynamic there and they agreed... That was an interesting moment, and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't see that. And then I was like, yeah, okay, because he cut the kid off when when they were saying, oh, how shall we tell whatever his name is, you know, the sidekick, and they asked him because he was growing up, but then the, the, the Iron Man-style one, he cut that guy off, you know, when he was about to give his opinion on how he would want to be treated. Um, if you notice, he, he cut him off. Yeah, I was like, he probably yeah. didn't want to say, you know, well, my guy treats me like a piece of shit. So yeah, yeah. No, it, it was interesting. around, you know, makes me feel like a, you know, absolute fucking moron or something. I, I think I should reach out and see if I can get this writer. What, what's his name? Tom Pyre? Is that right? 
I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to reach out and see if I can get him on the show because I I think it's really interesting. I I think it's um excellent actually, and and I'm sure this guy's done a lot of other work. Um, I think he wrote Our Man, which was a which was a cool comic. I think we even did a bit of Our Man. Um, I know Adam the Computer's a big fan of that. Mm. Yeah, he's done a ton of um. He's done a ton of DC, but but mostly back in the nineties. Looking at this, did a lot of work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a lot of work in the nineties um, on DC. Uh, some oh, work. He's such a good writer now. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's yeah. He was an editor as well. I just looked then. Yeah. A lot of stuff in the in in the in the nineties. Um, ton of stuff. Late nineties especially. So and twenty five issues of Hour Man. I know Adam the Computer is a massive Hour Man fan, and we did. I think we did it trade of it oh yeah yeah i've got all of those in floppies wow there you go man well there you go um honestly rich i think recently you've been picking killers the last thing you picked was excellent too so you're on a streak man you're on a streak right now you're on fire um, uh, all right. Well, now I'll, now I'll purposely ruin it for the next time. Well, I'm, I'm still impressed. <laughs> there's another one too, man. So there's Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man. There's a five-parter. They they advertised it in this storyline, actually. So there's another one, as well as these is two. There? Yeah, looking at this, there is. Anyway, so we'll have to we'll have to unless I'm confusing this, and this is the this is the one. Maybe this is the one. I don't know. Well, we'll have to we'll have to research that. I'm not sure, um, but regardless, are you ready for my score? Drum roll. Go for it. Ten out of ten. Right, this is actually impressive. This is, and it, it's I could do with a lot more of this, um, and I could do with even storylines with them just in their own world. Like I could do with storylines of Earth Omega. And then you know, I just, I just loved it. I, 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 I was really kind of into it. I, I, I was even into like the really violent sidekick and some stuff with him. And my brain was kind of creating stories as I was reading it. I, I really enjoyed it actually. And and in fairness, I also really enjoyed the first volume. So this was a really just, it just continued for me. Like I, I just felt like the whole thing. There was no let up. I, I really, uh, when I say I got to the end, I was and and didn't like the ending. I, I also felt like it needed another issue. Um, I wanted more, and obviously it's set up for a, a finale. I hope, um, or at least a, a, another part. I, I hope it's selling enough, and I hope enough people are talking about it because, I mean, I think it's it's better than just about anything that I've read. Uh, in terms of new comics, like you know, in in a few years, really. Yeah. Oh, as I said, it's it's one of the better better ones I've read in. I, I can't even remember how long, but at least it's a good five years. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, it, it again, it just helps that as someone who knows how to write an entertaining story. Mm. There's no politics in this. There's no messaging or whatever it's mm. just fun entertaining interesting characters mm. or having an adventure and all that sort of crap you know what i mean mm. um and again someone that can write sort of that 60s batman and and do it well where it feels genuine but it doesn't feel goofy do you know what i mean that's yeah. a weird thing like he's dragonfly man the one that's based on sort of the adam west it's not goofy it comes across as sincere and yeah. 
and believable and enjoyable. Like you, you know, you don't go, oh, this character's so lame. He's like the Adam West Batman. You're like, oh, this character's cool. He's like the Adam West. And he's the contrast too. And like, you need both of them. It's like, yeah, it's it, yeah, exactly. It, like, it it could be done. And I'm sure if it was at DC, done so much more clumsily. And also, you know, the thing with DC is that it would be an event rich and it would be, there'd be so much other bullshit around the story, you know? Mm. Um, whereas this is a very pure concept executed well. And uh, this is sometimes where I think without all the trappings of being called an event and roping in a million other characters and sort of gussing the story up too much, this is an elegant concept and then it's executed very well. And I think it's got interesting beats in the storyline. Like he lets us, he has six issues. He lets the story breathe. He gives those little moments, like I mentioned, where you see the, in the innocent world even, they're monitoring the populace, like massively. Like it, it's corruption, but they're not even sort of aware it's corruption. You know? Mm. It's, it's an innocent corruption. It's weird, but it's interesting. And then he shows you peel the onion back at the other layer in the other world, they're full on evil. And it's like, wow, okay. Um, it's different gradients of the sort of like morality or whatever you want to call it, ethics and stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just think I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'd recommend this to readers actually, to listeners. If you um, are looking for something that's good, firstly, good quality, which is, I think, always really important. Um, and something that's going to be fun. It's it's not a slog. You, you'll enjoy this. Go pick up these two volumes, Wrong Earth and what Wrong Earth Night and Day. Check it out. So I'm having a look for you, and that Dragonfly Man 1, it mm. looks like it's it's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a prequel, but it's set before the events of Wrong Earth. Okay. And it's basically just showing more of their world and the characters. So they basically, it's... They both kind of investigate in a crime at the same time, and it's a similar crime. And now one is more fluffy and like, well, I didn't you know that. That's Adam a, West, yeah. and the other one is obviously more darker, more violent. Well, I'm sure uh, I'd enjoy edgy. that. That sounds fun. Um, but uh, yeah, so it just jumps back and forth. from looking at it, it, looks like it just jumps back and forth, uh, and just showing how like the two of them sort of you know how their crime fighting is and how the. Well, I'm sure I'd enjoy that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, I've just checked, I- I've found it as well, yeah, there's one volume out, okay, cool, all right. Yeah, so that's, that would be fun, because you don't need to read it, but no, it's it's extra reading just to fill in more of the, well, it, it's the classic thing, more Rich. time with the characters, which is yeah. fine, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> exactly, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a flat 10 from me, uh, what are you giving it, Rich? Oh, I, I mean, I, I very rarely do I give anything, but it's definitely a it's definitely a nine. Yeah, a nine. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, great effort, Rich, um, and, and one to remember, uh, really. Now, um, I do want to say the show's been going, what, we're at 312 episodes. If you can support the show and help us, it all goes towards show running costs, um, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash signal of doom. It is highly appreciated. Um, it goes towards the show running costs. It means we can do more content. Um, when I get my home office set up, we'll be doing some more similar of dooms. And also, I mean, if if you join the Patreon, like 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 mm. 
join in, man. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. If there's topics that you'd like us to discuss or, yes. you know, uh, anything that you, you, you know, because, I mean, we talk about a lot of shit, but there might be, <laughs> yeah, it might be interesting. Like, I, you know, I'd like to hear them discuss this. We are, we are definitely open to. Yeah, suggestions um, and stuff. And, you know, and people saying, hey, yeah. here's a topic I think you might be interested in or, or we'd love you to talk about. Like, seriously, man, get get involved. That's it, Rich. I like it, Richard. Finally doing some pitching of your own. Jeez, it's only taken 312 episodes, but I'm glad to hear it. See, Richard, I'm a late bloomer. Rich is finally getting involved <laughs> in the advertising campaign. There you go. Um, now, I do want to say we're proud members of the collective. You've got uh, Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Capes and Lunatics. I was just on there with um, with Phil and Ray. Great fun. Um, I made a lot of inappropriate comments on Phil's show. I just feel like I have a license to kill. You know, um, just it's no regrets, no consequences. I wonder if they feel the same. Way. I feel. I think Phil's always like, "Where's the bleep button? Where's the censoring? Like, let's." <laughs> he's like, he, I, I actually think he's given up completely. He's just like, I'm just gonna let these two guys ramble on. Um, yeah, Ray's got Into the Night, obviously, great show. Ray's got, he's got To Know Us to Fear of the Spider Woman podcast. Um, you know, he sees a future in that character. I don't know why, but he does. Um, <laughs> we actually uncovered that the Spider, is it Spider Woman movie? I think it is. The hottest fucking chick of all time is playing Madam Web. You know how Madam Web used to be like 95? She's played like by this young girl who is smoking uh sisters i thought man oh so who's the chick from uh 50 shades of gray playing then someone else man I don't oh know. i thought she was playing madam web oh no, she's playing spider woman dude okay. oh yeah. is she okay. yeah that's right man and um this other chick is smoking smoking and um I got very excited on the show when I revealed that and a bit more searching. There's full, like, on the internet, full topless scenes, full sex scenes, everything. It's great. Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, you know, go go listen to to Capes and Lunatics if you want more of that stuff. (laughs) More of me me getting excited. Um, So, yeah, now I'm very fucking pumped up for this Spider-Woman movie. Shit. It came out of nowhere. Um, great decision from them to not cast her as, like, even older than Aunt May, you know? Great decision. Like, so that's good. Now, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going on the uh, collective, so check that out. Um, next week, drum roll, brrr, we're going to do Astro City, the first volume, six issues. I've always wanted to do it, so we're finally going to do it. Um it was either going to be that or just the elite. Now, I do want to say a shout-out to Michael Kellishim, who has requested we do Commandy, uh, and I have said we will do that in the near future. Um, so that is coming up. I, myself, am super-packed for time, Michael, so I need to adjust the time my schedule to do that. But we will do Commandy, the Jack Kirby. Rich, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, yeah, so we will do that in, in the near future, Michael. So don't feel as if I am ignoring you. I am hearing you in stereo, my friend. Now, on top of that, is there anything else we haven't covered, Rich? I feel like we've covered, like, everything, this this show. I'm pretty sure we haven't. If we haven't, we'll bring it up next week. <laughs> I mean, we could, we could get into, like, imagine, like, an in-depth, how did the Beatles break up? Like, we get into the weeds. That's for another show. That's That's two hours, you know? In depth, Rich. You know what I mean? Like we really go into the rooms 
into the into the sessions, into the relationships. Oh, you know. I mean, the problem is, it's, it's I mean, it's only to get in the weeds. It's it's already obvious, man. It's yeah. like everyone knows what. The... Yeah, cash, ego, 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 yeah, ego. That's true. Yeah, true. But th- that's still the summary. I thought that's a summary of another discussion. But I worked fucking yeah, time. Just saying, you can discuss it all, but at the end of the day, the answer is still going to be <laughs> ego. Man, I want to discuss I'll it. Say this, ego and disdain, a, a, yeah. a gradual building of disdain for each other. I still feel like I've got more to contribute. Um, you know, I really want to get into the weeds a lot more than you do. You want to, you want to keep it nice and short. Not me. I'm ready. It's to... kind of such old news, Dave. Like, I guess so. <laughs> we're discussing yeah. shit that like happened like sixty years ago. I man. guess. Like, I guess after that, it's the Kennedy assassination it's as well. A bit late to the party, you it, know what I mean? Like, but we, are you? Would you agree that after that, it's the Kennedy assassination? Um, you know, once you get into that realm, you're sort of like. Kennedy assassination, Beatles breaking up. Uh, I love, you know. I love the uh, the reason in. In what? Uh, you know the show Red Dwarf. Yes. So Kennedy shot Kennedy. <laughs> so they accidentally saved him. Mm. They go back in time and they accidentally save him, and the world just goes to shit <laughs> from from that. Like um, uh, it just whatever, and then they convince him that he. Ha- he has to kill himself because they fucked it up over here. So he has to go to the grassy knoll and shoot from there because they fucked up the Oldsworld one. Um, and so that's how that, that's, that's the mystery of how he died was. <laughs> like, I love it. I like that story. That's, that's actually that's, good. That's, that's actually good. Yeah. You know what? We don't have to go into the Beatles. It's too long. It's too complicated. I, I'm too tired. And I, you know, Kennedy, uh, I, I still think it was, um, I think it was a mob hit. I think it was a mob hit. End of the day, you know. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's what I think, man. In 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 the comics, um, well, look, it's, it's in the mobile government. Let's be honest. In the comics, comedian killed him. In the comics, comedian killed him, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was intense. We still, we hang on. We still makes it a government hit because comedian worked for the government. Yeah, yeah, it was a government sort of group or something. It was like. I don't know exactly, you know, it was some covert government group that hired him to do it, yeah, for yeah. sure. Crazy. Imagine if it really was the comedian and he was real. That'd be cool. My favourite character. I think he'd be very funny. I'm not laughing. Is that what he says? What, <laughs> what happened to the American dream? You're living it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah, he, didn't, he didn't crack a lot of jokes, the comedian. <laughs> oh, he did sometimes. He was like not a really. It was dark more like um, dark comedy. Not, yeah, but not more like um, he. He just enjoyed pointing out, I guess, the hypocrisy and the absurdity yeah, of the world. Like what, that was the joke, I guess. That's what I love about him. He was just so fucking dark. That's what I love about the comedian. He's 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 so awesome, and and like he always gets like you know they never really fucking explore him properly because they killed him off. It's, it annoys me so much. Like bring him back. He drifted out of touch. Well, I think that's I, I think that's why Jeff Johns wanted to um, use him when he did that. Um, Doomsday Clock. Not no not was it Doomsday Clock or the one that know. he did with the Batman? Yeah, I think that was Doomsday. Whatever the one he did with Batman and mime and all that sort of shit. Yeah, where yeah. He had yeah. Joke yeah. And the comedian. Like I think he just was like, you know, what? There's such an under underutilized character, it'd just be cool to bring him back. But so, I kind of see that more as an elseworld. Oh, well, man, you could, you could see his assholes. I don't know. It is what it is, man. It was a great story. 
Um, all right, look, at the end of the day, everything's been settled. The account's been settled. The record's been completed. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we've said it all. Good night, folks. Take care and keep on killing. Good night. Great show, Rich. Mm-hmm.